You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Trophy Wars. This is episode 551. I'm your host, Tricky Mick, alongside with me, the man, the myth, and the legend. It's Alex. I like to live dangerously. He brings the awesome. It's I yield to no one. I got two shiny new platinums. I guess I'm the only one that didn't get a platinum this week. All right, so first, I want to apologize to everybody for my audio. I am recording from work, so I don't have my usual equipment with me. So if I sound a little off, please bear with me. All right, so what are we doing, gentlemen? We are, well, first thing we're going to do is, Alex, um, this is going to pertain to you more than it is for Yield because Yield wasn't there. Uh, We did our Patreon uh, predictions for the Game Awards. We did. And I don't believe, I don't, I don't remember if it was you or Matt that said that they would like to see uh, somebody keep count of who actually got the most right. I believe it was me, but I guarantee also that I'm in last place because I didn't get a lot of predictions right. All right. So we're going to go over the game awards later uh, as to the winners and the announcements made, but um, just really quickly recapping. Uh, Rick did a total for us. Uh, in third place was Matt getting five correct. Second place was you getting seven correct. And I ultimately won getting eight correct. Oh, so it was one. Slim margin. Yeah. Hey, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning is winning. Uh, unfortunately, my game did not win game of the year. You both got that correct trying to look through this right now because it's a picture on my phone yeah to be fair that your your game of the year ended up coming away with the most awards on the night so i think that uh, sony santa monica can sleep easy yes um i'm just trying to see which ones uh you got right you got the most anticipated by saying zelda uh me and you got the uh debut indie for stray uh nobody got right the best adaptation um, nobody got right the uh, multiplayer. Uh, Matt got multiverses right for the best fighting game. Uh, all three of us got it right for the best oh, I don't know, RPG game, which we all say was Elden Ring. Uh, all right. You know, I'm not even going to do all three. Ultimately, uh, the, you know, it was a good show. Hope you guys go check it out on the Patreon. That's patreon.com backslash proven gamer. For a dollar, you can listen to all the Patreon episodes, including we have one coming up for what I thought was a game of the year, God of War Ragnarok. We did an entire spoiler cast uh, with a member of the community. So go please check that out. That will be out very shortly. All right. So let's do the show proper and get back into what we normally do. Let's do our updated trophy counts. I am level 685, total trophies of 16,924 with 375 platinums. Alex? 
Well, as you said earlier, I did get a new Platinum Trophy, which is reflected in my numbers here. I am level 466, total trophy count of 8,200. Very, very nice round, century-loving number there. The Platinum count of 133 and 132 games, and Tricky, I gotta say, I'm surprised I got this Platinum before you did. Well, to be honest, like I, I wasn't too surprised because I haven't been playing that much. After I beat the main game, I kind of uh, drifted back to the division because they did uh, they have some timed events there, so I was focusing on that. I am going through. I am playing it at work. Uh, I'm not, now knocking out some of the major bosses and getting some of the collectibles. So I won't be too far behind, but yes, you did get it first. Yield, how about you, sir? What are your uh, trophies looking like? I am currently uh, 484. With a trophy count of eight nine six two, and a platinum count of one sixty one. And you said you got two platinums. What were they this week? I got two. I got Immortals Phoenix Rising and Arise: A Simple Story. Yeah, I, I, I gotta go back and get that Immortals platinum. I don't know what stopped me. I was playing for a hardcore for a while, and I think, I think I went to the DLC and got stuck on one of the DLCs and couldn't get back to the main story. I think that's why I stopped. Um, I think I'm going to hold off on the DLC until the first of the year to help earn some points in the competition that Gareth's doing. That's a good point. Uh, we're going to have to have Gareth on before the end of the the month to uh, go over the rules. I know he posted some of the rules in the... Uh, the groups, or am I just saying that he announced it, or did he actually announce the rules? Uh, he kind of went over, kind of like the point system. That's, that's the last that I saw. All right, 10-4. And Sid is level 600, oh, I'm sorry, 814 total trophies of 21,587 and 678 Platinums. Uh, Sid, just got to let you know, you got less than a month, and then the tackles <coughs> are all for me. I'm coming, and I'm coming hard. Uh, all right, so let's get into what we're playing. Uh, I'll start us off by saying I've just been playing the Division 2 and God of War Ragnarok. Uh, I did dabble in a couple other games. I did play the Forspoken demo that was released after the Game Awards. I gotta say, I'm not too impressed with Forsaken too much. Have you, have either of you guys tried that demo out? No, I haven't tried the demo out. I know from what I saw from trailers, I was not impressed at all, so I am not, in, not trying out the demo. Isn't this one of the big like PS5 cons PS5 console exclusives that everyone was talking about? Hey, be on lookout for Forspoken, which comes out next spring. Is that the game? It's from uh, Square Enix, isn't it? Yes, uh, this is the one that was also delayed. I think two or three times already that uh, a lot of people were, were upset about. Yeah, I I can't remember the last time I bought a Square game. So generally, I, I, as much as I hate to say it, anytime I hear their name, I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I don't have to pay attention now. So I haven't I haven't looked at the game at all. I mean, it, it's not a bad little concept. I just, uh, I think it relies too much heavily on spells. And one of the things that I'm getting annoyed with with it is the fact that, um, you know, when you attack, like, with certain weapons, it tells you, like, they're vulnerable to this or the resi resistance to this. I was in one fight where I constantly had to keep switching back and forth. And I don't know, like, I, I know that's, like, a, not a big thing to complain about, but that just annoys me, like... If I'm focused on this enemy and then all of a sudden an enemy behind me attacks me, I have to quickly switch my weapons to adapt, and it's it's not a quick switch either, so it was, it was just annoying me. Well, that's that's, the, that's the, the issue that I had with some of the Berserker battles in God of War Ragnarok is that they put multiple Berserkers in there, and yeah, you can focus on one well enough, but when you throw two or three at a time and you got one attacking you from behind, that gets pretty damn annoying. 
Yes. So, and, and I mean, at least in God of War, it's like a quick switch. You just hit the directional button. But this one, you have to hold down L1 and R1 at the same time. You have to use the right stick to find the right uh, right one to switch to. It was just... It, it, I think if they improved the way you could switch your uh, abilities, I think that would help it. But overall, I just wasn't too impressed with it. Well, I mean... The, the, I think if... Well, Tricky, the one thing I will say is you mentioned, you know, at least in God of War, it's a quick switch. But at least in God of War, when you're fighting the Berserkers, they shave... They can kill you in three or four hits. So... Oh, yes. It's can. incredibly important that... I don't know. Uh, that was one thing that really annoyed me later in the game is like three berserkers at once. Are you serious? Like who is not Santa Monica made this choice? But um, yeah, you 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 actually called me because of that fight. Yeah, because I'm like I'm about ready to throw this. I'm about ready. I'm about ready to be done because this is stupid hard. Um, yeah. It, 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 so I so some of the so fights in that game, the, uh... the berserkers pushed me to a level of aggravation that I didn't even reach playing Bloodborne. So what what was harder the the Valkyrie Queen or the three Berserkers? Oh, the Valkyrie Queen. Oh, you think so? Gana. I mean, the three Berserkers are really difficult, but um, Gana was just insane. I and, and let me say this now: once I came up with on the three Berserkers, I kicked it down to give me story, the easiest difficulty, and I said fuck it because I'm not going to sit here for sixty hours. You know, when I'm already devoting sixty hours to this game, I'm not going to sit here and fight these bosses for twenty hours just to prove I can beat them. So. The Valkyrie Queen Gana took me over an hour, between an hour and two hours to beat on the easiest difficulty with the mid checkpoint in the boss fight. So she's really freaking oh, hard. You, wait, wait, you did the checkpoint for I her? I absolutely did. Oh, that's cheating. It's not. It says beat the Valkyrie Queen. I beat the Valkyrie Queen, and under accessibility, they give you the <laughs> option to enable the mid boss checkpoints. It's with it's it coded into the game. It is coded into the game, but that's not that that's not an option that you're supposed to be. Okay, using. this this thing, uh, I believe in accessibility. Anybody can can um, use those tricky. Don't be judging people. This is this, I'm this not, judgment's I'm not coming from tricky. You. When I play the entire game on give me balance, which is normal, and tricky played the game on give on the easiest, give me um, mercy, or not the easiest, but the easier setting, give me mercy. And now I'm getting flack from Tricky. Tricky, if you want to play the game on an easier setting, I'm fine with that. That's your choice. So don't be giving me crap when I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm kicking this down. I don't care. Yield, what's your opinion on that? Because uh, let me explain what the mid-boss checkpoint is. Basically, you fight any boss, and then once you get down them to half health, every time you restart that fight, if you die, they only start with half health. I mean, if it's coded into the game, it's not cheating. Ah. <sighs> Alright, you know what? Alright, so that's all I've been playing. Uh, Alex, what have you been playing, sir? Well, I beat God of War. I got the Platinum Trophy in God of War. And uh, overall, really enjoyed the game, as we've talked about on the Patreon episode that we recorded this past week. I'm not sure when that'll be out. My biggest disappointment really was the fact that Ragnarok was kind of a fizzle to me. It wasn't as big and... Uh, stupendous as I expected so maybe my expectations were set too high but also it seemed like everybody that I've talked with kind of has agreed with me so you know uh, still a fantastic game even that's not going to hold it back but that's my one major complaint um, going back and cleaning up you know the collectibles after the game yeah it takes a while but it's not like it's not as bad as I thought so you know you get free roam afterwards and uh, it's you know cleaning up the game isn't as difficult as I thought it was going to be so Overall, I enjoyed my experience with God of War. Uh, Gareth had everyone post their top 10 games that they played this year, regardless of what year they released. 
I think God of War was in my top five, but it was number five behind Forbidden West, Ghost of Tsushima, Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, and then It Takes Two, which came out last year, which I played this year. But yeah, a really good game. I'm After I played it, I, I don't think that I would say that it's game of the year. I still think Horizon's a better overall game. But, you know, things played out the way that they did. Um, yeah, uh, Tricky, I did have a question for you as someone who's played through God of War. Which one of the nine sure. realms would you like to live in? And let's be real, there's uh, there's only a handful of ones you would actually want to live in because, you know, some of them are like Muspelheim and Helheim, and it's like, mm, don't want to live in essentially Hades and don't want to live in a volcanic hellhole, so. Ah, that's a good question. Um, I, I, I think it would be Midgard. Even with all the snow and everything? Or are you talking well, Midgard you know, from I'm, last game? I'm talking Midgard just in general. Um, snow doesn't scare me. I know it scares a lot of people, but it doesn't scare me. I love the snow. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm a little biased because of my job, because when the snow is, I make a shitload of money, but uh, snow doesn't bother me. I, 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 I like... Especially from the first game, the you know that building with the realms and all of that stuff, I thought that was pretty cool. I'd like to live there, and Kratos's cottage is you know is just enough for me too. As long as I can hook up my uh, my PlayStation in the little cottage, I'm good. Yeah, I know, but I get it. But when it's always snow, like you you say you can deal with the snow, but you only have to deal with snow for part of the year. When you have to deal with it, what for Fimble Winter was like what three years. Yeah, but Fimble Winter's over now. That's a, that's dead, a real it? depressing thing to have happen, I'll tell you that much. To just all have to go outside and it constantly cold and snowy and, hey, I you know, I'm surprised that, that you picked Midgard. Not not just, not, not necessarily Midgard, but Midgard with Fimble Winter. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you picked that. I would have to go with Svartalheim, especially in Nid of the Lear, where the, the big uh, dwarf city, like, I love that place. It's so pretty there, and the dwarves are such nice people, such, like, accommodating nice people that, uh, I think living in Nidavellir would be really nice. Yeah, it'd be nice, but you just feel like a giant the entire time. Dude, I've been short my entire life. I would love to start feeling like a giant. <laughs> All right. Uh, Yield, what do you oh, been playing, oh, I sir? Wasn't, wasn't done. He, he's not done. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, you're not. Not with that tone, at least. Well, no, I'm really not. I thought you were done when you asked me the question, but go ahead. Uh, so, new season starting Rocket League, and I bought into that because it's got a fire and ice theme to it. Um, you know, you got the the way they presented it with the trailer, there's like dragons, a fire dragon, an ice dragon out on the field at the Forbidden Temple, one of my favorite places. So, and I looked at the, the rewards this season, much better than last season. Looks like a really good season of rewards. So, played a little bit of Rocket League this weekend, trying to get some weekly challenges done. And I actually did start a new game because I, and I know that there's going to be plenty of people pulling their hair out when I say what game I've been playing. But uh, I decided to go ahead and play Spider-Man Miles Morales. Oh my god. I told you I'd like to live dangerously, Tricky. Look, at the beginning of that game... You're, you're, gonna, you're gonna ruin Spider-Man, the first game for you. Okay, well, I have Miles Morales. I don't have Spider-Man, so I can't play one. I told you I was gonna buy it for you for Christmas. Dude, I don't want to go from God of War to another huge game. Part of the reason that I picked Spider-Man Miles Morales is I want a palette cleanser. I want a shorter, easier platinum trophy before the end of the year. My goal was to get God of War by the middle of the middle of the month by the middle of December, and then I was going to finish up the year by getting one more Platinum Trophy, which I plan to be Miles Morales, because it's a shorter one. I don't want to deal with another massive experience like Spider-Man. I just want a good palate cleanser to transition me into the new year. And Spider-Man Miles Morales is perfect for that. Also, 
it's Christmas time when the game starts, and it's Christmas time where we live. It's like synergy. It's perfect. It works together. So I mean, and they give you they give you a, like a little option like previously on Spider Man. So they kind of let you in on what's going on with the story as far as Spider Man goes. So I don't necessarily think that I needed to play Spider Man before I play this. That's coming from somebody that didn't play Spider Man, and you know you have to play it twice to get the platinum, right? That's fine. It's like what a three hour story. I think it's like a six hour story actually. Well, that's fine. I just played a sixty hour God of War game. So what? Doing. 12 hours of story plus a little catch up like it's 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 ranked as a 10 to 20 hour platinum and that's perfect for the end of the year you know i got my rocket league get get some rewards in that this season play a little spider-man get that platinum by the end of the year i'm setting myself very nicely i set myself up very nicely tricky i don't know why you're giving me such headwinds here like because i'm the one that played the game and i'm telling you that this is the way you should do it and you just outright defying and i get your reason i'm not hating on your reason but i'm just telling you you're gonna ruin the original spider-man for yourself well that you assume that i'm gonna go back and play the original spider-man i know you will i mean i might after you play miles morales after you play miles morales you're gonna say i want to go back and play spider-man no i mean miles morales like it's kind of like that first time you play arkham asylum you know it's a little bit different because you have a, a character that's a little bit more agile and you know is you know a little bit like a bolt of electricity that just jumps around like here there and yonder but it's like that feeling that i got with arkham asylum is like the combat is so much fun and you feel like a fucking superhero and the, like the combo system is is so much fun to play with you know webbing around and, and slinging around new york city like i don't I, like i don't live in new york city so i don't know how detailed it is compared to the real city but like they did a really good job of making new york city feel alive and real it feels like accurate to size like size like the scale of it because it's massive so like web slinging around even getting around like a Spider-Man, it's going to take you a while to get around. So they did a great job with the agility of Spider-Man, making web-slinging fun, making it make sense. You know, you always have to connect your web to a building or a tree or something. You can't be just webbing to nothing. So it all feels fantastic. It makes you feel like a superhero. Same with the combat. The combat makes you feel like a superhero. My only thing is, like, there's so many ways to take down enemies and disarm them that I'm afraid that I'm going to forget things mid-fight. Uh, but it's been fun. You start off with Rhino. Rhino looks great. My only complaint, though, is that Rhino, the the fight with Rhino is kind of like a tutorial boss fight. It's like, okay, you dodge something and then you get like the super powerful move. You just get to spam on him and it feels like a tutorial boss fight. It feels like a nothing boss fight. So I was a little disappointed with that because Rhino does look extremely cool. And I was glad to see him involved in this game. It's just that that first fight was a little disappointing. But overall, the combat's a lot of fun. Slinging around is a lot of fun. And I don't know. This just seems like the perfect game for me to play. I want something shorter. I want something that I can just kind of lay back and enjoy instead of, you know, having to fight super hard bosses. So it just seems like Miles Morales makes the most sense to me. All right. All right, Ayo, let's go to you now. What have you been playing, sir? Uh, I've been playing some Farm Simulator 19, some World of Warship Legends. Some Hell Divers, some Deep Rock Galactic, uh, Immortals: Phoenix Rising, and Arise: A Simple Story, and Diablo 3: Reaper of Souls. I think that's everything. All right. Oh, oh real quick before we move on, I, I did forget to mention I love running up buildings. Like that never is going to get old. Just running up buildings in Spider-Man because I didn't know I could do that. Because in so many games, I'm used to like. You know, even in the, the PS1 Spider-Man, which is probably one of the last Spider-Man games I played, like you run into a building and it kind of stops you dead. Whereas in this one, 
you just attach to the building naturally and you can just crawl up it or crawl around the side or you can run up it and running up is it just never gets old because you can just launch yourself off the side and then get back into another swinging fit on the other side so yeah the traversal in that game is fantastic all right let's get into our topics our first topic is uh well we normally do this in the first show of the month which is this is the first show of the month we skipped last week uh due to everybody's uh schedule's not lining up and basically no news <laughs> uh so let's get into our playstation plus a playstation plus monthly games this month we're going to be getting mass effect legendary edition dko divine knockout and bio mutant uh, you're going to get the PS4 and PS5 versions of Biomutant and DKO, while you're only going to get the PS4 version of Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Uh, I believe, Alex, you uh, saw this, and you were very happy to be in Mass Effect. Am I correct? Well, I mean, I've played Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3. They're both very good games, so I'm happy that anyone who's not been able to play them yet or anyone who wants to re-experience them will we'll have that opportunity for free because they're both fantastic games. So, I mean... Yeah, I'd like to go back and, and play them, but also I have incomplete trophy sets, or incomplete, I should say, incomplete trophy sets from the PS3 version, so I guess, in a way, if I was going to go back and play them, I would play those versions instead of the newer ver versions on PS4, but I mean, it's still very exciting, like, this is still a great thing to put on PlayStation Plus for the free games, and again, the, Sony's doing a great job of, you know, my concern going into the the revamp PlayStation Plus is that the free games would become crap every month because they're trying to make the extra and premium tiers look a lot better. But this December is a great month of games. You know, Biomutants, another game you mentioned there that I haven't played that I would like to try, and I know Yield said he was thinking about buying it, but now he doesn't have to. So it seems like this month, you know, Yield's fine, you know, when it's not a banger of a month, but it seems like this month actually really impressed Yield as well. Matt Yield, uh, tell us about Biomutant, why you're, you're pumped up about it. Well, it's just, I've seen the trailers on and off when it first came out, and I was like, you know, this game kind of sounds interesting. It, it seems different. And there have been a few times when it's been on sale that I almost pulled the trigger, and I'm just, I was like, just kind of like, eh, not yet. So I'm glad I'm getting this now. I don't have to, you know, buy it, and I've been wanting to try Mass Effect. So, yeah, this is a good month. All right, it is a good month. And also, a uh, reminder, if you haven't enrolled in PlayStation Stars yet, they are doing a loyalty program. Uh, all you guys simply do is redeem one of the games and play one of the titles, and you're going to get an extra 50 points. Uh, this is different from the digital uh, trophies you get. This is the 50 points that eventually you earn by you know purchasing games and stuff like that, and then eventually you can redeem free games. So this is uh, free 50 points. All you got to do is download one of the games and then play it. Uh, and make sure you uh, activate the uh, the challenge in the PlayStation app, and you get your free 50 points. All right, moving on. Uh, something that I texted the boys about uh, during the Game Awards. Forbidden Horizon Forbidden West is getting some DLC coming out in April. Uh, it's called Burning Shores, and it will be PlayStation 5 exclusive. Yeah, that is important. PlayStation uh, Plus or PlayStation Four owners will not be able to access it. Yes. So arriving on April 19, twenty three, the Burning Shores DLC will take Aloy to Los Angeles, complete with the Hollywood sign on display and immediately destroyed by a giant robot. According to the post on the PlayStation blog, Grillo explained that quote to achieve this grand vision technology and creatively, we've made the difficult decision to focus all our efforts on making an incredible experience exclusively for the PlayStation Five console. End quote. 
According to the Post, the DLC has Aloy in pursuit of a sinister threat that the LA region has been a uh, volcanic archipelago. She will be traveling to a dangerous new region south of the Tanakh clan lands, featuring a compelling storyline following where Horizon Forbidden West ended, new characters, adventures, and more. So I know all three of us are excited about this. Uh, unfortunately, there's no price mentioned for this, but you got to figure it's probably going to be like $20, $30. Uh, Yield, we'll start with you. Uh, is this something you're going to be looking forward to? Well, I mean, I'll pick it up day one like I did Frozen Wilds. I was disappointed with the trailer other than it really didn't do anything. You know, I mean, she's just flying around, and then I can't remember what those big robots were called. But, you know, you see one of those come to life and knock down the Hollywood sign. And it's like, okay, well, that's cool, but that's it. That, that that's all you're kind of going to tease uh, but I'm still buying it because it's more Horizon alright uh, Alex yeah the, the trailer was didn't give us a lot to go off of I mean obviously you know the, the flying mount that we got is it the Sky Drifter I think it might be the Sky I, Drifter the, oh what are them things called Sunwings oh the Sunwing yes you're, you're right Yield so the Sunwing, like, it confirms that it's kind of where you left off with the main game is that after you beat the game, you get a Sunwing to call at any time you want, and they'll fly you anywhere. So it looks like you get to keep that. You get your Sunwing. And then the enemy that popped through the Hollywood sign at the end almost looked like a new machine. I would get, It almost looked like spider-like, some kind of giant spider. Definitely. I, I thought it was like those machines that are that they tried to bring back to life in the first game. Are but those like the, sec- the Sentinels? The, yeah, and, and in the second game, you see them here and there, you know, all the all the tentacles, and they're just dead. So I, that's what I thought it was. It was one of those machines back to life. Now, I could totally be wrong. It To me, it looked like a new machine, but also since it's bursting through the land, you don't get the greatest view of it. But I, I thought that, you know, because they did introduce new machines like the Frost Claws in Frozen Wild, so I would assume that they're going to at least introduce one new machine into the fray when they release uh, the Burning Shores. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to buy it as soon as it comes out. You know, Not only because you know they're going to try to take away my 100%, but also because I, I, I would like to play more Horizon. And you know, a year after the initial release seems like a, a good time to kind of give, uh, give fans a reason to go back in. All right. Sorry, I'm just trying to find the Twitter post for the next one. Uh, all right. So our next article is going to be about... Ben's studio is distancing itself from former director after the Twitter rant about critical reception. Uh, got, Days Gone developer says it doesn't share John Garvin's view on why it was poorly received. A statement from Ben's studio on Twitter addressed the recent outburst from Days Gone director who blamed woke reviewers for its critical reception. Uh, so I'm trying... Give me, give me a second advance. Uh, just tell us about Days Gone before so I can give time to find this tweet. I mean, a what lot of, pe- a lot of people have come to Days Gone Defense, and it seems like everyone who's played that game really enjoyed it. They thought it was a great game. I, you know, I haven't played it, so I can't speak to that. Yield obviously played that game. He got the Platinum Trophy. And for everything that I've heard from what Yield has said, it's it's a really good game. It just seems like the director of this game, he's been very vocal in the aftermath, and I get it. You put your heart and soul into a game, and you take a lot of pride in it, and then, you know, think it doesn't sell as well as you think it should, and you're going to be mad. I, I get it. You're going to be frustrated. 
But this guy just seems... And, and then Sony doesn't greenlight your sequel either. He just seems to be so angry about it, though. He seems like he's got such an axe to grind at this point. Like, I, anytime it comes up, I'm just kind of, like, rolling my eyes at this guy. I don't know, Yield. What, what, I mean, you're, you're going to hear the quotes here in a little bit, but, you know, what do you think was the reason this game didn't sell necessarily as well as it could have? It just... Well, I think people were kind of zombied out. It did get a slow start. And kind of, kind of rightfully so, but I kind of, I was sold from the beginning, so there, there's that. I also think Sony kind of overhyped it because some of the things like we saw in the trailer didn't entirely play out or I feel happen in the game. So while that was kind of disappointing. The game itself, was, the story itself was really good. And like I said, the game takes a, a little bit to get going. And I think some people nowadays, if it don't grab you right away, they're like, okay, I'm moving on to the next game. Where this one, it, it took a little bit. That's just my opinion. I, 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 I liked it. I, I think most people who have played it liked it. There have been a few in the community that were like, yeah, it just didn't do it for me. And I'm okay with that. It did and, you know, some I, games just don't click with people. But I mean, like when uh, Days Gone didn't review poorly, did it? Like I, I thought it would. I thought uh, it did pretty well. I didn't think it reviewed poorly. Oh, it's got well, it's got a for the PS4. It's got a seventy-one on Metacritic. So, I mean, that's that's not great, but that's not bad either. I don't know, Tricky. Did you? I'm trying to find a tweet, but. I'm trying to find his tweet, but it's uh it's blocked because I'm not uh, one of his followers. Well, I'm sure that somebody has posted somewhere else online. That I'm trying to find a picture of it to to do it, but it doesn't seem. Uh, okay, this is just a a summary of what he tweeted. It's not the actual tweet. Uh, it says James Garvin tweeted his theory in response to a fan of asking why he thought the po- post-apocalyptic PS4 gamer didn't get more praise when it was first released in 2019. He said three reasons: one, it had tech issues like bugs, streaming, and frame rate; two, it had reviewers who couldn't be bothered to actually play the game; and three, it had woke reviewers who couldn't handle a gruff white biker looking at his date's ass. Now yield me and you both have the platinum. Yeah, we did. I didn't I I didn't get I didn't I I don't really remember any bugs streaming or frame rates. Did you have any issues with the with any of that stuff? Uh maybe a little bit of frame rate. But not not enough to 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 ruin the game and that may have been early in the game before they kind of started fixing things. Right, cuz you didn't play it on launch. You played it a little after, right? Uh trying to remember. I mean, I bought it at launch. I might have waited a couple of weeks before I finally got into it. Cause I might have been finishing up something else. Yeah. Uh, second reason, it, uh, it had reviewers who couldn't be bothered to actually play the game. Uh, well, I, I'm not here to defend. I'm not here to defend him. But we have heard this be an issue with reviewers, where they only play a certain part of the game, and then they post a review and don't get to certain parts of the game that could have potentially made the score higher or lower. I mean, most publishers and developers say that you got to play the game fully to give it you know, an accurate score. And if you don't play the full game, you're going to give it a low score. I don't know. I'm not subscribing to that, but 
I mean, that is a valid thing to say, though. It, it, uh, I would. It we, is because Days Gone really probably doesn't really get good until after the last half of the game. Well, right. that's but then, then you're paying for half a good game, you know, or at least like you should be able to get to the better point part sooner than half through halfway through the game, you know. Well, I mean, again, I'm not here to be the apologist for you know the uh, excuse. But there are some games, uh, none that I can think of off the top of my head, that you can honestly say, like, it starts out slow, but as you get to the end of the game, it makes the first half make sense more. And understand why you had to go through that process. And if you don't get to that point, then it seems like a boring-ass game. But once you get to that point, you're like, oh, okay, that's why I had to do that. That's why this makes sense. All right, and the third thing he says, and three, it had woke reviewers who couldn't handle a gruff white biker looking at his date's ass. Well, I didn't. I, I didn't read enough reviews, so I don't really know if that's entirely true or not. I mean, I do know that the looking at his girlfriend's ass. I mean, I don't know if that was. I mean. There is a, uh, I shouldn't say a lot of that. I don't know exactly how to word it. Yeah, but who's really taken off a lot of points for that? But I, I, I take the point he's... Oh, I'm sorry, go I, ahead. I, I was going to say, I, I, I... That just sounds more of like someone who's upset with cancel culture. That's exactly where I was going to go. It sounds to me like he's trying to play the, the, the racism card with this saying that because we didn't make a a female protagonist or a, an African-American protagonist, that's why the game got bad views. Because we, we, we stepped into the stereotypical white biker instead of, you know, making a more, I hate to use his word, but more woke protagonist. A diversified. Yeah. Well, no, he's not, he's not saying the protagonist is woke. <coughs> he's saying the reviewers were woke. Because usually work is used, woke is used with, uh, as a pejorative these days. Yeah, but what it, I think what he's trying to say is that because the woke reviewers didn't see a woke protagonist, that's why they brought it down more. Yeah, but it seems I like with, at least with that when he's grasping at straws as to why he thinks. I, I mean, I, I yeah, I agree with that. He's grasping at straws on the last one. The first two, you know. All right, so let's get. Uh, I'm sorry. You, Somebody was going to say. I was going to say, like, say yes, people somebody. should play your game all the way through, but how does he know that people aren't playing that game all the way through? Are people saying in their reviews, "Hey, I got to this point, but stop playing after this"? I don't. I just don't know. Like, is that a valid gripe? Yes. Well, you can. But you, I mean, you could you could look at the trophy data and see how far somebody got into a game. They've been doing that for a while now to see how you know how far people get into games. But does he? I guess he has access to that. I don't know. But with. Ben Studio trying to again the guy is the former director and the guy is no longer part of Ben and Ben is now distancing himself himself from him. I don't know if that was a decision Sony made that said okay like you guys can't like you the, the, stay away from this guy or if Ben as an internal studio said we got to stay away from this guy but the company he used to work for is distancing himself from them. Does that not make him look worse? It does make him worse. Uh, but let's get into Ben's statement on Twitter. Uh, it says, we are aware of the comments made by our previous creative director on Days Gone regarding his personal view on the critical reception of our intellectual property. 
Uh, Ben's studio does not share his sentiment, nor does it reflect the views of our team. Our studio is immensely proud of the work we accomplished on Days Gone and are thankful to every developer who poured their heart and soul into it. We are incredibly humbled by the support of our Days Gone community and will continue to share your enthusiasm for our world and characters as we look towards the future. Yeah, almost like this this guy is, uh, you know, soup that just came out of the microwave and it's too hot to hold the bowl. Like, Bend and Sony don't want any part of this guy. They don't want anything to do with him. They don't want to be mixed in with him. So, I don't know, man. I would hope that Sony would stand up for a game they believe in. And internally, you know, maybe they don't outright bash reviewers and say, hey, you guys need to make sure you're playing this all the way through. You know, maybe handle that on a lower scale. But clearly, they want nothing to do with this guy. So, he every time he comes out, he just seems angry and angry about this. Like, he can't get over it. And it just, I kind of just write him off before I even hear what he has to say. And now that I've heard what he has to say, I kind of just write it off again because, like, all right, guy, wh- whatever. Just move, move on, well, you know. Was he – The the article – Was he okay. terminated or did he leave Bend on his own? Well, okay, well, uh, the article goes on to say this, is, this isn't this is the first time Garvin has expressed some petty uh, – some pretty controversial opinions. In fact, by his own admission, he was fired from Bend for being a, quote, disruptive personality. Uh, end quote. Last year, he told gamers that if you love a game, you should buy it at full fucking price. He also said that people shouldn't be upset if they don't get a sequel to the game if they aren't willing to pay full price for it. That last part, I, I, I agree with him. You guys know I'm on the record with saying that, that if you really want to support a game, you should buy it at full price. That way for it to hit the bargain bin. I'm, I'm not taking shots at anybody. That's just my personal opinion. Um, but he did admit that he got fired for being a disruptive personality. And like I said, I agree with if you want a game and a sequel, you have to buy it at full price. I mean, it's, uh, it's a fine balance to walk because, yes, gaming is a very expensive hobby and someone like Garvin doesn't understand or does, isn't in control anyone's pocketbook. So I think that if you can, that, yeah, you should support games at full price. But if you want, if you enjoy gaming and, you are trying to play as many games as possible, and you can get a break here and there. I think that's fine, too. And yeah, I just understand that if Sony doesn't greenlight a sequel, you know, part of, there is part of a truth to that where, you know, hey, if Sony doesn't see the financial viability of the game, they're not going to greenlight a sequel. So yeah, there is something to that. But also, this guy it just, again, comes across as angry, and, and, and this guy is not in control of my check, my pocketbook or your wallet or your bank account. And so for him to get up here and say that kind of stuff, like, there is a truth to it, but it's like, you know, you don't you don't make my money for me, so why the hell do you decide, you know, I don't know. There's there's something that I, I like I said, fine line to walk, but I do take umbrage with people being like, you know, shaming people for not always buying every game at full price. This game was free on PlayStation Plus, and I hate to tell you this guy, but I didn't even play it for free. So, you know, maybe tone down your You your should play it. it, it- you should play it. It is a good game. I mean, I'm not saying it's not a good game. I just have never had any desire to play it because, like you said, I mean, you made the point that maybe people are zombied out. I'm kind of zo- like I don't have any desire to play that game anymore or that style of game until maybe the next Last of Us comes out. But I've just kind of gotten my fill of it. Understood. Uh, Yield any uh, last statements before we move on? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. All right. So, unfortunately, we have another. Uh, story about the acquisition of Activision Blizzard, but this one comes in a way of Microsoft firing back. This is coming from IGN and written by Adam Bankhurst. Microsoft has made a 10-year commitment to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo consoles. Uh, 
Uh, Sony consoles. Microsoft? No. Nintendo. Uh, Microsoft has entered into a 10-year commitment to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo consoles following, following its acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Uh, Xbox boss Phil Spencer shared the news on Twitter alongside confirming that Microsoft will offer Call of Duty titles on Steam after the deal is closed as well. The last mainline Call of Duty title on a Nintendo console was 2013's Call of Duty Ghost, which made its way to the Wii U. Since then, Nintendo, Nintendo owners have been left behind when it comes to one of the best-selling game franchises of all time. In October 22, Spencer said he'd love to see Call of Duty on Switch and that Xbox's intention is to, quote, treat Call of Duty like Minecraft, end quote, though it, it looks as though he now has that plan in motion. This news comes at a time when many eyes are on the Mac Microsoft and Activision Blizzard deal, when many are focused on what this merger means for the future of Call of Duty on PlayStation. Spencer has stated Call of Duty will ship on PlayStation, quote, as long as there's a PlayStation to ship to, end quote. And reports have come out saying that Microsoft offered the same 10-year contract to Sony to keep the franchise on the platform. Now, there uh, we go. That's the article. Uh, so obviously, you know, this merger has hit a couple of hiccups, mostly by Sony. I mean, let's not deny it. But with Microsoft firing back and saying, well, we're going to keep it multi-console because we're going to have a 10-year contract to Nintendo who hasn't had it in almost 9, 10 years. And we're going to keep it on Steam. And we offer this to PlayStation. Yield, I'm going to go to you first. Do you think this is a PR move? to let the deal go through and that uh, Microsoft just has to bite the bull for the next 10 years? Or do you think Phil Spencer is legit trying to, you know, be op open with all consoles? Uh, perhaps a little of both. You know, I mean, we don't know what was being talked on behind closed doors beforehand. I mean, so they may have had an idea of to bring it to Nintendo because we've kind of said all along that kind of tends to be Microsoft's plan is to put their platform out for everybody to play their games, you know? So that could be some of it now to come out and make it sound like a 10-year commitment and all this stuff. That could be more of a PR move to help the deal go through. Look, we're not going to make it console exclusive, which, like I said, I don't know what, I mean, maybe I'm just disconnected, but I don't know what part of the fan base is going, oh my God, we're going to die, we as in Sony. I mean, I know uh, Sony's head is screaming that, but I'm as in the fan base. I don't know who's screaming, oh my God, we'll die if we lose Call of Duty. So I think it's a little both. All right. Alex, your opinions? This is definitely not what I thought you were going to talk about because there has been news come out recently that one that Phil Spencer, I think, has said that Sony wants to grow by making Microsoft smaller. He also hinting that, well, I mean, basically saying that Sony doesn't want Microsoft to grow. They want to hold Microsoft down so that Sony can get bigger. And also the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, is looking into a lawsuit over this potential buyout between Activision and Microsoft or Microsoft buying Activision. So I actually thought you were going to go with one of those stories instead of this, because it looks like there actually might be legal trouble over this um, um, what, this buyout. And then, again, well, with I, the controversial statements from Microsoft honest, saying, hey, Sony's looking to out. They're basically like trying to hold us down. 
Well, to be honest, I, I, I was going to put the FTC story in here, but I think we covered enough times where, you know, the the uh, the merger is being blocked by something or another. I didn't want to do another story like that, especially since, you know, most of the times we were talking about uh, Sony and blocking it. And, like, I didn't want to keep doing on that. I just thought this was, I mean, to me, I, I think this is a smart move by Microsoft saying, you don't have to worry about us taking it off our console or taking it off your consoles because here we're committing to the next 10 years of doing it on both Steam and Nintendo. PlayStation, you have the same offer, but you decided to turn it down. I thought that was more intriguing story than just another rampant, oh, uh, well, the merger's being contested, which we already know was yeah, happening. This, the FTC, if they did file a lawsuit, would be the first lawsuit against this entire thing, right? I mean, yes, other countries are looking into it, and, and some people have you know, uh, some commissions have like levied a skeptical eye over, but this would be the first lawsuit over it. I don't think this is the first lawsuit. I could be wrong. I mean, we might be, you know, just being technical with the terms, but I don't think this is the first like official lawsuit to stop this merger. Uh, okay. There's a link in this article. I'm going to click it. Um, well, well, let me ask you, Tricky, while you're looking, do you think that Sony wants to see Microsoft their growth stop or they prevent any growth in order to make things easier for Sony? See, that's a tough question to answer because if if I'm in the pizza business, obviously I don't want to see my competition grow and I do want to grow myself. So, but the, the flip side of that coin is, and I think, you know, as wrestling fans, all three of us, we can all agree that, like, competition makes your product better. So I, I think Sony wants the competition, but ultimately, like any other company, they want to stay on top. And in order to stay on top, you have to keep the competition down. So it, it's a really tricky question to answer because I, I see it both ways. Yeah, but, I mean, you can you can grow your own business and be the, the king of the castle, so to speak, without being anti-competitive. And and we need to ask ourselves, is Sony be, like, hinging on anti-competitive? You know, they're talking about, oh, you know, we can't compete with a game like Call of Duty if it goes exclusive. But is what Sony doing, are they doing anything anti-competitive here when it comes to Microsoft? I mean, if you talk to the right people, you could say that Sony keeping their games exclusive. No, but that's, uh, I mean, every console has their own exclusive games. Then Microsoft and Nintendo are also not competitive. But I mean, like trying to throw so much of a monkey wrench into this entire thing, are they being anti-competitive? Are they making this out this this uh, a mountain into out of a molehill, or like a molehill into a mountain? Like, I don't know. Yield, why don't you answer that for a second? Why I try to find this FTC story? Okay, what am I supposed to answer? Do you think Sony's kind of? They're trying to hold back Microsoft. They don't. They want to basically keep Microsoft from growing, so make it easier for them to grow. And also, do you think they're doing anything anti-competitive with, with you I, know? Okay, I don't think they're really doing anything anti-competitive. But I do think that their actions and the crying, at least I say it, I look at it as crying, that the Sony heads are doing public, publicly makes it seem like they're afraid of Microsoft. You know, like... Sony's been the front runner for, you know, a good console and a half, you would say. You could almost argue two. 
and now it almost seems like Microsoft's getting momentum, whether it would be, you know, like we said, they were seem to be setting up for more streaming games than what than what Sony's doing. Either way, Microsoft's carving out their own niche, and Sony doesn't seem ready to combat that, and it kind of sounds like they're scared. So, will you know, try to keep them down so that way we can get caught up to what they're doing. I could totally be speculating here, but that's just what I feel. Alright, so, uh, I kind of agree with what, uh, you'll just said. Like, I, I don't think they're doing anything anti-competitive. I, I think, like I said, I think the competition makes everything better. And if Microsoft or Nintendo wasn't pushing them. <clears throat> not so much Nintendo because Nintendo does their own thing and they've even said they're not in competition. But I think if Microsoft wasn't there pushing it, like if Microsoft never released Game Pass, I don't think we'd ever would got this revamped version of PlayStation Plus that we have. I think that's their answer. Uh, if people didn't say, you know, Microsoft had the better uh, online I don't think it would have pushed Sony to improve their online. I think they would just stayed content saying, okay, this is enough. So I don't see them being anti-competitive. Uh, can, we, can we at least all agree that they're focusing way too much on what Microsoft is doing and not enough on what they're doing, as in Sony? 100%. I can agree with that to a point, but it's but I think in order to run any successful business... I think you have to focus on what your competition's doing. And maybe too much? I mean, that's debatable, and I will agree with you guys. I think it may be just a little bit too much. But, I mean, we can't deny. It, it, you know, you'll call the crying, and I don't know if I would label it as crying, but I'll go with that. But we, the three of us cannot deny that losing Call of Duty would be a massive blow to PlayStation. I just so, maybe it's just me, but I don't think people buy PlayStations for Call of Duty, and I think people would still buy PlayStations without Call of Duty. I agree. Right. Uh, okay, but all right. So let me ask you, you two, this question. Because I agree, nobody buys a PlayStation for Call of Duty, but if Call of Duty does go exclusive to the Xbox, do you not see people saying, "Well, I'm not going to buy a PlayStation Five"? Because I can't play Call of Duty? Well, yeah, I could see that. Some, some, some people, people but not a lot. I, I, I think it would be... I, I'm not going to say it would be a majority, but I think there'd be a good portion. Yeah, but if, the, if they're talking... willing to make deals with Nintendo, like, how bad does that make Sony? Look, it's like, you've got to think about Sony. It's like, well, why did you reject this deal if you're so worried about having, you know, the security of, of Call of Duty on your console? If they're giving a longer deal to, to Nintendo, what's what's Microsoft not... Like, if this deal goes through, if Sony's giving you too many headaches, be like, okay, well, fuck you, Sony, then we're not going to give you anything anyway. We're just going to make a deal with Nintendo and then you can get what we have given you and then after that, it's gone and we'll just keep it on Nintendo. Like, I I understand. And, and see, the flip, and the flip side to that is, let, let's just, for argument's sake, let's say this merger does not go through. Activision Blizzard, as their own company... Don't ever have to release on PlayStation ever again. Like that, it's their choice. So, Sony, in a way, is biting themselves in their own ass by saying, 
we don't want to lose it, but even if the merger doesn't go through, it doesn't mean Activision has to release it on PlayStation. They can turn around and say, well, fuck you. You cost us $67 billion. We're just going to release it on Xbox Yeah, now. but money is also king. And for, like, Microsoft has all the money in the world. Activision Blizzard to a lesser degree, so they have got to answer to, you know, the people that have stock in their company. And if they are not posting profits as well as they used to, they're going to have to answer for that. So, with Microsoft... True, but... But you just cost them sixty-seven billion dollars, so you know. Yeah. I, I I I think we did it on the show, and I don't remember exactly how many years, but like to, to recover sixty-seven billion dollars, I think it would take them like a hundred years to recoup or some shit like that. I don't remember the exact number. Somebody I just did think it. this entire saga has not has been Sony overplaying the what would happen if Call of Duty was not on their console, and I think it's less of they know that Microsoft's going to do it. I don't I don't think they think that Microsoft's going to take Call of Duty. I think it's the chance that it could happen if Microsoft fully owned it. And I, I just feel like yeah, you can when somebody a trade commission asks you about what's your opinion on this as a as a company within this field, I just feel like Sony's been overplaying every single time. Like they've been belly aching to the worst degree and overplaying everything like I I I don't know. I just think that I wish this merger would just go through so we'd have to stop listening about it or hear about it and hearing Sony cry about it and just... I don't understand personally what Activision Blizzard, you know, all the games that they have, how that would destroy every other game company. Because again, Nintendo's not... Like, people can say Nintendo's got a competition and I hate that argument because yes, they are. Nintendo's not bellyaching about this at all. Well, Nintendo themselves say they're not competition. I disagree. Because I think that's stupid. Because... You can't play a Nintendo console and a PlayStation at the same time. So any game that they release is taking money away and time away from what you could be playing on your PlayStation or your Xbox or your PC. So yes, they are competition. Nintendo may not. Uh, be, I'm not saying I, they may not be going for the same audiences as the P as the PlayStation and my and as Sony and Microsoft. But I'm a, an owner of a Switch and a PlayStation Five. If I decide to spend money on a, on a Nintendo game and then play that game, that's taken away from what I can do on the PS5. So yes, that is competition. Like. I can't play both consoles at the same time. I agree. So the whole idea that we're All in right, competition, so maybe in your own eyes, maybe you feel like you've carved out another like niche or you have your own audience, but there's a lot of crossover in the audience that plays the Switch and the other consoles. So I don't like the the argument that they're not the same. They're not competition because they absolutely are. All right. So I found an article on the FTC. Um, this is coming from IGN and it was updated. So let me do the original article. But this was updated back on November 24th. So this might be a little bit outdated in itself. It says the Federal Trade Commission is reported likely to file an antitrust lawsuit to block the $68.7 billion deal that would see Microsoft acquire an Activision Blizzard. As reported on Politico, the news comes by way of, quote, three people with knowledge of the matter, end quote, and they stress this lawsuit is, quote, not guaranteed, end quote. The FTC's four commissioners haven't taken the time to vote out a complaint or even meet with the lawyers for Microsoft and Activision, but the FTC staff is reviewing the deal are, quote, skeptical of the company's arguments, end quote. As for where the deal stands, much of the heavy lifting has been completed, including depositions of Microsoft CEO Satya Nadala and Activision CEO Bobby Kotick. This means a decision on a potential antitrust lawsuit could arrive as soon as December. 
All right, so the article goes on, but I'm just going to go back to the update. Uh, again, this was updated on November 24th. Uh, Activism Blizzard has responded to the report from Politico saying that any suggestion that the deal between Microsoft and Activision could lead to, quote, anti-competitive effects is completely absurd, end quote. Furthermore, Activision is ready to battle against any of these claims to ensure the deal will close. Quote, any suggestion that the transaction could lead to anti-competitive effects is completely absurd. This merger will benefit gamers and the U.S. gaming industry, especially as we face increasingly stiff competition from abroad. We are committed to continuing to work co cooperatively with regulators around the globe to allow the transition to, transaction to proceed, but won't hesitate to fight or defend the transaction if required. End quote. Now, again, this could be outdated because this was, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago at this point? <clears throat> but that's the, that's the most recent article I could find right now on my phone. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, this is they, they said this deal is probably not going to close until like this time next year, correct? I haven't paid. I, like I said, I've been trying to shut it out, all the news, as much as possible. I did see a few headlines, but I, I haven't been paying to the attention to the nitty-gritty because I'm just like, can this please be over? Uh, yeah, that's where I'm at, Alex. I agree with you. I, I agree with you too, but we have one more thing um, just in uh, response to um, Microsoft offering the deal to Nintendo. Uh, this is coming from IGN and is written by George Yang. Uh, Valve appreciates Microsoft's continued support of the Steam storefront and says a formal agreement isn't really necessary for their partnership together. Quote, we're happy that Microsoft wants to continue using Steam to reach customers with Call of Duty when their Activision, ac when their Activision acquisition closes. Uh, that was said by Valve CEO Gabe Newell in a statement to Kotaku. Microsoft has been on Steam for a very long time, and we take it as a signal they're happy with gamers' re reception to that and the work we're doing. Our job is to keep building valuable partnerships, not only for Microsoft, but all Steam customers and partners. Why is this zooming in? Hold on one second, sorry. Uh, uh, Gabe Newell also explained that Microsoft even sent a draft for a long-term community to keep Call of Duty on C platform, but clarifies there was no need to do so. He says that Valve doesn't believe in requiring any partner to have a formal agreement that, this, that essentially locks them into a shipping games on Steam. Newell also noted that Phil Spencer and the Xbox team have always followed through on their commitments and trust their intentions. Additionally, Newell uh, believes Microsoft has the motivation to put Call of Duty on platforms and devices that players want to be on. So, in a way, uh, you know, co he's coming out saying that uh, he doesn't need the deal because he trusts that Microsoft will honor their word. Yeah, and right. I mean, I guess if With you're, you know, you, back in the day, you could say that, well, of course, you're going to be good to Valve because if you want to be on the PC, Steam is kind of like your main path. And while it is, there's also the Epic Game Store. So, I mean, there are different avenues where people can, can buy games on PC and play on PC. So, But, I mean, really, the only company that's poo-pooing this is Sony, really. I mean, can anyone think of another company that's, that's kind of down on this deal? I I mean, I think... I, I don't want to be the Sony apologist, but I think Sony is the one that has to step up for everybody else. I think everybody else is playing ball, and I think Microsoft is doing a lot of PR moves to get this deal through. But I think Sony is the one that needs to step up because they are Microsoft's main competition. And if they don't step up or at least join the support team that says we need to fight this, I think this whole thing is dead in the water. 
Yo, do you agree with that or no? No. Oh, sorry. I didn't really hear it. I was watching something. No, I, I, I bet right, I think so the, the question is, sure, Sony oh. is the most direct competitor, but does Sony need to fight this fight? I think they do. I think, I think they if they, I, I think if I think if they're really really worried about how much they're going to lose if they lose Call of Duty, I think they need to step up to this fight. I think, and I think I speak for you too as well. I don't think they're going to lose as much as they think they're going to lose. But if Sony thinks they're going to lose that much, that they need to fight this, then they need to fight it. But I think. I agree. I think I agree. All three, all three of us agree, saying that I don't think Sony should be this worried. Well, then if 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 they're that worried about it, then they should have put up a bigger fight or a or a bigger stink before Microsoft swept in and started the train rolling on this acquisition. Well, they. I mean, we did have news stories saying that Sony did try to purchase them. That they didn't, but Microsoft made a bigger offer, and that's why Activision went with them. I missed that. Now we, yeah, I, I, I it was never really news. It was like a, a sub story that after the Activision, uh, after the merger was announced, a news story came out saying Sony did try to purchase them in the past. Now that could have been a year ago. That could have been two years ago. That could have been ten years ago. We don't know, but that they, uh, they didn't offer enough money, and the deal was ultimately turned down. Gotcha. Yeah, I I don't know. I think that Sony. I, I don't know. I I think that's all. That Sony's always overplayed his hand, and I don't think that they should be as worried as they are. But they're obviously fighting this, and I don't know. I I guess if the FTC does decide to file a trade uh, a lawsuit, we'll understand why, and it'll kind of we'll get more of the reasons why, but. I mean, who knows? I can't imagine that all these these commissions are also at the same time taking Sony's word as gospel and just like going off of that completely. It's no, there has to. There, I, I'm assuming if the FTC is doing this, there has to be something that they're seeing to say that this deal shouldn't go through, or it it, it would make a monopoly, or whatever the FTC's rules or regulations dictate, saying that this isn't a fair deal. I just don't know why it wouldn't be a fair deal. Because Microsoft has actually well, pro- like provided evidence and said and, and counter arguments and said this is why this is a fair deal, you know, and, and all their, you know, we're not as big in this market as Sony is. We're not as big in this market. You know, we don't have that much of a foothold. So I don't know. Microsoft's always been able to combat it, you know, with good evidence and with good reason and logic. And I, I, I don't know. Well, I. I- and to be fair, all we have is really, you know, he said, she said at this point. The only way we're going to find out if there's any true uh, any true evidence that this goes through is, is if it hits a, a court. And then, the, you know, once the, the papers and the documents all become public, I mean, you guys remember the story about how Epic and Apple and Android were fighting, you know, each other. And then we found out through the court documents, this is what the percentage Apple was taking, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, people were split there. The only way we're really going to know the real truth to behind all this fighting and what Sony's trying to do and whatnot is if it hits the courts and then these papers get made public and then somebody goes through them and says, this is why Sony's, uh, you know, going against it. 
Yeah, maybe maybe I'm All just right. not clear-headed on this because I'm so tired of hearing this, and I'm just like, just just let it go through. All right, so at this time, we're going to throw it across the pond for this week's Sophie's Trophy. Hello again, my friends. Sid here with Sophie's Trophies. Ah, this week, guys, we are going way, way, way back with Sonic Origins. Um, 1991, the first Sonic came out, and I remember getting a Mega Drive, or Genesis, if you're over there in America. Um, I got it for Christmas with Sonic the Hedgehog. I couldn't get past the Labyrinth Zone for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, I eventually did Labyrinth Zone and completed the game that same day. Um, Ever since then, I have been a Sonic fan, apart from one game on this collection, which I'm not a massive fan of. I mean, it's okay, uh, but it's not a patch on the other ones. Um, But before I go into that, let's go into these trophies. So we have Complete Clear, which is get all the trophies for your Platinum. Then we have Welcome to Sonic the Hedgehog. Watch the opening for Sonic the Hedgehog. So each game now has an opening and closing cartoon. They are pretty good little cartoons. They're in the vein of the cartoon that was on Sonic CD when that was released. Um, So yeah, they're not too bad. Welcome to Sonic CD. So watch the opening for Sonic CD. Uh, This is the one I don't like. I'm not a fan of Sonic CD, guys. Um, It just doesn't feel the same to me. Uh, I know it has its fans, but uh, it's not really for me, that one, I have to say. But one thing I didn't know is the story comes between Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2. Then we have Welcome to Sonic 2. Watch the opening for Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Welcome to Sonic 3 and Knuckles. So watch the opening for Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles. So, most people are aware, but some people may not be. The original Sonic 3 was split into two games. So, you had um, Sonic 3, and then you had Sonic and Knuckles, and you could lock on the Sonic 3 cartridge to Sonic and Knuckles, and it would open up the whole game for you. Um, And what they have done here, instead of splitting them in two, they have put them together as one big game. And then we have Beware Motobugs. Defeat 10 Motobugs in Sonic the Hedgehog. Bubbly Breath. Use Air Bubbles in Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, The bane of everyone's life, I think, when we were younger, uh, was hearing the countdown in the water levels in Sonic the Hedgehog. So use a bubble, keep Sonic alive, and you'll get that trophy. Time Traveller. Travel to the past or future in Sonic CD. So you have these uh, signposts, they say past or future. Uh, If you get one to spin and then keep moving really, 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 really fast, uh, you will either go to the past or the future. Uh, But if you stop, um, it will stop sending you there. Shut down Metal Sonic. Win a race against Metal Sonic in Sonic CD. So he's one of the bosses you have to... Race against him, just make sure you win, because you can't finish the game if you don't, um, and you'll do that. Beware Stingers. Defeat 10 Stingers in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. These are the wasp enemies. They are quite abundant in the first couple of levels. Lucky Hedgehog. Get the jackpot in Sonic the Hedgehog 2's Casino Night Zone. So, you play this game, you end up in this cage thing that spins, and you either get Robotnik or some rings or you can get the jackpot. Just keep trying it. 
you'll just drop out of it and then you can spring yourself back up to land in it and you'll get it eventually it shouldn't take too long beware rhino bots defeat 10 rhino bots in sonic the hedgehog 3 and knuckles easy peasy with shields collect three types of shields in sonic the hedgehog 3 and knuckles so easy enough guys the shields will pop up um, they're like in the TVs, like you get the rings and the invincibility out of, so just uh, collect each of those shields and you will get that trophy. Ring Collector. Collect a total of a thousand rings. So this is uh, cumulative, I think I said that right, over all games and all modes and everything. So just keep playing and you'll eventually get this one. Gallant Spin Dash. Defeat 30 enemies with the Spin Dash. So press down on your button or on your pad. Uh, keep pressing one of your buttons to make Sonic spin, let go, and you will fly forward. Um, they've added this to Sonic 1 as well, which makes it a much uh, much better game, I think. So hit 30 enemies with that, and you're fine. Newbie Hero. Defeat a total of 50 enemies. Museum time. View a premium collection item from the museum. So these are... Uh, you have to pay for them with coins. You earn coins by doing the boss rush. You earn coins by doing things in game. Um, so all you got to do is go into the museum and use coins to pay for something, and that will get you this trophy. Very first mission clear. Clear one mission. Each of the separate games has a load of missions, um, and you can choose to do them or not. Um, they're in their they're in their own separate little. Uh, list they're not in game as such so each one starts off easy gets harder so just pick a mission and finish it knuckles the echidna glide as knuckles miles tails prower fly as tails so very simple there guys uh, play as each of those boss rush attempt try the boss rush mode from any of the titles so each game has a boss rush mode. Uh, you can't do it till you finish the game. Um, but if you get through the boss rush mode, you will earn coins for the museum. So just attempt one of them and you will get this trophy. Sonic the Hedgehog Mission Master. Clear 10 Sonic the Hedgehog missions with an S rank. Then we have Sonic CD Mission Master. Same again for Sonic CD. Then we have Sonic the Hedgehog 2 Mission Master. Uh, same again. Uh, S rank 10 levels or 10 missions and then we have Sonic 3 and Knuckles Mission Master same again S rank 10 missions but with this guys you can play the first mission or the easiest mission 10 times if you want and get an S rank each time and that will unlock those trophies to the mirror world play the mirror world so once you've completed a game you can have a go in mirror mode uh, just have a go at that and you'll be fine Movie Maniac Unlock six movie collection items with coins. Sound Savant. Unlock ten sound collection items with coins. Art Appreciator. Unlock 30 art collection items with coins. There you go, same as the other trophy guys. Uh, use your coins, unlock all of these things. It costs quite a bit, but if you like the games, you will earn enough coins. Everybody's Hero. Defeat a total of 200 enemies. And supersonic turn into supersonic. So, supersonic guys, um, you need to collect Chaos Emeralds in the game. Uh, I think Sonic 2 and Sonic 3 and Knuckles can turn you into supersonic. 
So collect all the Chaos Emeralds, uh, collect 50 rings, that will turn you into Supersonic. Um, or, to make life a bit simpler guys, just go into the debug menus and unlock Supersonic. I haven't done it yet because I'm hoping to do it legit on Sonic 3 because I quite like those bonus stages. Cleared Sonic the Hedgehog. So, there you go. Clear Sonic the Hedgehog in either Anniversary or Classic Mode. Um, so Classic Mode is Sonic with Lives, normal way you used to play it on your Genesis or Mega Drive. Uh, anniversary Mode is with the cartoons or the animations between levels, so the whole thing tells a bit of a story. Then we have Cleared Sonic CD, so same again. Cleared Sonic 2, so same again. Cleared Sonic 3 and Knuckles, same again. And then Last Trophy Guys, all clear, which is clear all four titles. So, that is it for Sonic Origins. Personally, great collection. Um, I paid £16 for it. It was half price. So I'm not going to complain at that. It is probably the last time I'm buying a Sonic game. Uh, unless I buy Sonic Frontiers. But that's a different type of Sonic game. But all in all, guys, a great little collection. A good little trophy list as well. Nothing too major there. Um, you know, things will happen naturally as you play the game. So that is it from me, guys. I will talk to you next week. Um, hope you're all okay. And keep getting those trophies. Bye. All right. Thanks, Sid, for this week's Sophie's Trophies. At this time, uh, I'm trying to do this on my phone, so please bear with me, guys. Uh, we have some listener questions, so... Time to check my social media, yeah. All right. So did either one of you guys check the Facebook group? I saw we had a couple questions, but I didn't. Uh, I saw uh, Dupes post a question about Christmas movies, but I didn't read the question just yet. Well, no, I, I'm, I'm only asking because uh, there's a picture uh, that relates to our first question. So oh, uh, yeah. if you guys have I, access. Yeah, I saw it. Okay. So, Robert Workman wants to know, can this poster be a thing? No. Uh, just no yield? Yeah, just no. Oh, Alex, what about you, sir? Oh, we're talking about the... Uh, I mean, the the How Hans I mean, Gruber stole Christmas poster, because... I mean, I like the yes. poster. I think it's unique, but... But don't, don't, don't do it, because that's another question. Yeah. I know what you're about to say. I know what you're about to say. Alice, did you like the picture? I do, I do like the, and, the, where uh, did you get that from? I found I found it online. Somebody posted it somewhere. I mean, I do I do like it, but at the same time it's based on falsehood, so I can't really I wouldn't purchase it. Oh god. Okay. Alright, so the next question comes from Matt G. He says, Who do you think would win a fight in their prime? Mike Tyson. Or Bruce Lee? Bruce Lee. Yield will go to you first. Bruce Lee. You have any, you want to back that up or you just want to say nope. statement, your answer? Just, just Bruce Lee. All right, Alex? Yeah, I think someone in general who has mastery of their feet and their fists is probably more likely to win a match. Although, you know, I guess it depends on rules and everything and what the stipulations are. But, I mean... You know, if now if Tyson can get a hand on Bruce Lee, well then yeah, the, the Tyson. But I, 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 I don't think Bruce Lee's. I, I don't think Tyson's touching Bruce Lee. That, that, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think Tyson's going to be able to to touch Bruce Lee. 
But, see, but there the, is always that realm of possibility, but I'm putting all my money on Bruce Lee. That's the thing, though, is we saw the destruction that Tyson caused and when he was a heavyweight, the heavyweight champion and how he just destroyed people in the ring. I, you know, you can see Bruce Lee in movies and stuff, but none of us grew up with Bruce Lee doing what Bruce Lee does, so it's kind of hard to... I mean, I, I would put my money on Bruce Lee, too, but I think part of that is just because he's such a legendary person within martial arts that... You put Bruce Lee up against anybody, and Bruce Lee's going to win in everyone's mind. Like everyone's betting on Bruce Lee. Like, Who is someone you would get to put against Bruce Lee and have them beat Bruce Lee in a fight? He's almost like a video game character, like a video game boss that's like cranked up to nine, like Shao Kahn in the Mortal Kombat series. Like He is the end boss, and who's going to beat him? You know, we'll never get this, but I'd like actually like to see... Either Jackie Chan or Jet Li go against Bruce Lee. Yeah, but I mean, well, at I the same time, though, when, when be, uh, what era of, of Jackie Chan? Because obviously Jackie Chan is older now, and I think that when Bruce I'm, Lee passed away, well, we're he was obviously much younger. So Bruce Lee when he was younger versus Jackie Chan now is not a fair fight. Well, well, the, the question is who would win in their prime? So you're talking the best Jackie Chan's ever been compared to the best Bruce Lee's ever See, been. We've seen Jackie Lee and stuff like, you know, not necessarily, I mean, Rumble in the Bronx was the first movie I saw him in, but, like, we've seen him in stuff with, like, Chris Tucker, like, Rush Hour, which is a very goofy movie where he is playing into the goofish nature nature of everything. Yes, doing, showing off some of his fighting skills at the same time, because it's like, hey, you get the witty dialogue of Chris Tucker mixed with Jackie Chan and his martial arts skills, so it kind of, you know, melds into this big Hollywood blockbuster. But again, like, Bruce Lee is such a titanic figure in the martial arts world that I don't think anyone would pick anyone to beat Mar- beat him in a fight one-on-one. I, d- I just don't think. I think that he's so revered that that's going to put, whether it's true or not, everyone's going to pick him first and foremost. I agree. Uh, and our last question, which is going to be the most divisive question we have, uh, it is broken down into two questions. So uh, this is coming from Garrett. I'm going to ask the second question first. What is the worst Christmas gift you ever received? Alex, we'll start with you. Worst Christmas gift? I mean, it's not... I haven't... I mean, my parents have always done a good job providing for me, and spouses have always given me really good gifts. Uh, especially Ashley. Ashley's been phenomenal at giving gifts. Just want to throw that out there. Um, but I think that the most disappointed I've ever been was when the Dreamcast came out, and I asked my dad... And I'm sorry to throw my dad under the bus, but uh, I wanted a Dreamcast, and he, instead of buying me a Dreamcast and games, got me a sleeping bag. Now, it was a really nice sleeping bag, and I and it was a great gift, <laughs> but it was not a Dreamcast. So, is that what, I, luckily, is that what you wanted? my grandmother gave me some, on my dad's side, gave me some money, and I was able to go buy a Dreamcast and NFL 2K and uh, Soul Calibur. So, I was able to go buy the Dreamcast and some games with the money my grandmother gave me, but... I mean, my dad gave me a great gift. It just wasn't what I asked for. All right, yield. I'm sure there's been something that I've gotten that I wasn't thrilled about, but off the top of my head, I can't really recall. I tend not to dwell on the the. Uh, I don't want the say negativity. Bad, I don't want to say bad Christmas gifts because they, they they didn't have to get you anything. So I would say the unpopular gifts of Christmas past. Uh, and my answer is, is simple, but it's, it's almost like 
<clears throat> it's almost like a cop-out answer. I would say the hand-me-down clothes from my brother uh, that I would get. That my mother, because, you know, we didn't grow up with a bunch of money. My mother would repackage my brother's clothes um, and give them to me as Christmas gifts. Not know, not realizing that I know that, you know, they're my brother's clothes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind All of right, a tough so- time of year because you, you want to be like, you don't want to be too ungrateful. I mean, you can be disappointed, but you don't want to be too ungrateful because, you know, there are a lot of kids out there and your mom was just trying to give you a good Christmas and sometimes money makes it tough. And, you know, there are kids at school who go and say that, oh, I got an iPad for Christmas and there are other kids at school that are like, well, I didn't get anything. It's, I got a rock. It's just simply because their parents can't afford to give them a Christmas that another child's parents can. And it's, it's really shitty. So you try to be level-headed about it. Um, well, well, I'm, I, I don't want to sound ungrateful, but the reason I'm saying it's the worst gift is because I would get the hand-me-down clothes and my brother and my sister would actually get gifts. So my mother would spend the money on them, but my gift would always be hand-me-down clothes for my brother. And then, you know, she would, like, one year she bought us the, uh, the original NES, but, you know, she labeled it as a gift for all three of us, but in reality it was a gift for my brother and my sister because I was too young to play. Yeah, I know. I mean, I get your disappointment, but it's at the same time, like, your mom's in a tough position, and she's trying to provide for three kids, and it's just like, sometimes around the holidays, that's not an easy thing. So, I mean, I, I grew up very for- I, I, I grew up very I, I, fortunate, so, like I said, I didn't have, like, my stepmom one year, like, there was, you all remember Stretch Armstrong? There's, like, Stretch Armstrong and his little dog, Fetch Armstrong. Do you guys remember those? Sounds, I do. It sounds vaguely familiar. So I wanted the dog, but apparently the dog was very hard to find for that Christmas. But my stepmom went all over the place trying to find me the dog, and she eventually did. So, like, I've been very fortunate to have really good Christmases, and that's one of the things that Ashley has done. Is she she didn't always have the best Christmases, so she's tried to make sure that the the boys have really good Christmases, and she's always done the best to, to put as much as she can to those. So I'm just, you know, I know you're not trying to do it tricky, but I'm also trying to, you know, understand where your mom's come from and she's just trying she's oh, trying no, to I, and i'm not saying you're being a, a jerk by doing that like I, i'm trying to you know it, it's just a tough time of the year for people when when money isn't the easiest thing to come by oh yeah don't get me wrong i'm i like i'm, I'm not trying to sound ungrateful because now like as i'm older i understand but it, at the time when you're you know five six years old you know it's pretty shitty seeing your brother and sister get these amazing gifts and you're getting clothes no, I, I definitely get it. And, you know, maybe kind of the silver lining in that is it drove you to give your own daughter a better Christmas. So It did. All right, so now this is the decisive part of Garrett's question. What are your top three Christmas movies? Uh, do you guys go on one at a time, or do you just want to name all three at one time? I mean, we can go one at a time, but also I thought you were going to ask me if Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Yeah, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that question. <laughs> uh, well, I'll start us off by saying one of my favorite Christmas movies is Die Hard. It's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> I know that uh, Yield doesn't agree. I would uh, die on Yield, what is one of your top three Christmas movies? Uh, do they have to be movie or can they be a TV an- animation? Because you're going to say Charlie Brown's Christmas, aren't you? Well, that that will be one of mine, yes. Uh, how about uh, we say? How about we say we give three Christmas movies and then uh, a Christmas special? Like we'll add in uh, one or two Christmas television specials. How about that? Okay. All right. All right. So three movies and one or two television specials. Okay. So uh, movie, I will go White Christmas. 
All right, Alex. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. All right. Uh, before I get my second one, uh, I think I told the story on the show before, but yield. You just said White Christmas. Yes. Uh, that makes me think of um, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street and It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Uh, I grew up not knowing those colors, those movies were in black and white. Really? Because I'm colorblind. Oh, uh-huh. I got you. So those movies were always in color to me. I did. I growing up, I did not know they were in black and white until somebody, until one year they like they upgraded them and I was like, oh, now in color. And I went, what do you mean now in color? It's been in color the whole damn time. <laughs> not and also at that point of when I found out the information, I didn't know I was colorblind because I didn't find out I was colorblind until I was 17 and going into the army. And they're like, yeah, you're colorblind. I'm like, really? They go, yeah. I said, does that disqualify me from the army? They said, no. You're just never going to fly a plane. You're never going to be a uh, bomb disposal technician. It's a 10-4. All right, my second movie. Home Alone. Uh, I'd argue that too. That's a Christmas movie. It's a comedy based around Christmas, but I'm not willing to die on that hill as much. All right, so that brings me to another question that I saw on uh, TikTok. That uh, it, it made me laugh, but I'm going to ask you guys: in a straight-up fight, who wins, Predator or Kevin from Home Alone? Predator. Yeah, unless Kevin has access to mud at his house and covers himself. But even then, like his little traps, his rinky-dink traps that hit Marvin Harry aren't going to do anything to the Predator. All right. The the TikTok went along uh, after he asked the question. The, the the guy getting asked the question goes, "How how much time does Kevin have to prepare?" And he says, "24 hours." He goes, "Oh, the period is fucked." I just thought that was funny. All right, yield your second movie. And they don't have to necessarily be in order. Like you don't have to say like. The, the, yeah, this, no, no, does, I know. Yeah. I just don't watch it a lot. Ah, uh, you know, I'll go the Santa Claus. With Tim Allen? Yeah, the Tim Allen one. Uh, any particular one? Because I, th- I no, think no, there were three uh, of them, right? Yeah, well, yeah, there's three of them, and I think now they're doing a, a Disney Plus series. I'll go with the first one. They are. All right, Alex, your second movie. Bad Santa. Okay. And my last answer. Um, see, I was going to do the joke answer and say Lethal Weapon, but... Um, I'm going to have to say It's a Wonderful Life. All right, yield. Uh, Christmas Vacation. Okay. And Alex, your last movie. I'm surprised it took that long for that one to come up. No, I love Christmas Vacation. I love Home Alone, but I think I'm going to have to be very, very basic and say that I expect, you know, I can do without seeing those movies during the holiday season, but what I can't go without is not seeing a Christmas story through the holiday season because it's so ingrained in my I holiday experience. Because when we were opening gifts movie. at my dad's house, my uh, my dad always had that 24-hour marathon playing. And, like, 
even at my mom's house, I, we always had it on. So it became the joke where one year for Christmas, my mom gave me the D- the VHS and the DVD of A Christmas Story so I could watch it anytime I wanted. Of course, I really wanted to watch watch it during the season, so I never really watched them outside of it. But uh, I've got ornaments on the tree for it. So, yeah, Christmas Story, as basic, basic of an answer it is, I, I got to go with that. And I definitely want to see the HBO special, A Christmas Story Christmas or something like that, the the new with the original actor who played Ralphie. Um Brand new, so kind of, I guess, a sequel to that out on HBO this year, so I definitely want to watch that as well. I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> I love that movie. Um, oh, before we move on... <laughs> Yo, why are you laughing, Yield? Because I, I agree with you. Thank you, okay. <laughs> I fucking hate that movie. Go ahead, Alex, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to see, what is, you know, I agree with Yield that, that Die Hard's not a Christmas movie, but, but Yield, what is your reasoning for that? I just, I don't know. I just, I never cared for the movie. I've, I've, I've sat through and I've watched it before and I've been like, I don't get the fascination behind this movie. I just, it never clicked with me and everybody loves it so much. So I guess I'm just the guy that'll sit here and go, no. I mean, I recognize it as a Christmas movie. I just, like I said, it just never clicked with me. That movie just fucking irritates the hell out of me. I, 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 there's no particular reason why. Just like anytime it's on, it's like I can't get it off my TV fast enough. All right. Uh, oh, all right. So seen- before we move on, I, I was going to say before we move on, some honorable mentions. Yield, you mentioned you wanted to mention a couple uh, specials. Yes. Uh, well, of course, Charlie Brown Christmas. That's it? Just that one? Well, okay. You want me to do two? Okay. And then my other one would be Prep and Landy. Prep and Landy? Prep and Landing. Landing. I I don't think I've ever heard of that. It came out... Oh... Eight, ten years ago. It was an ABC special. It was a new ABC special. Okay. You got Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus. Look it up. They've got two now, but the first one is by far the better one. They're really cool. Send me a message with the name, so I'll look it up. Alex, what are your honorable mentions? So, I mean, honorable mentions, I already talked about Home Alone, and I talked about um, also liking Christmas Vacation, National Olympians Christmas Vacation. I do like Elf. I saw Elf for the first time last year, and I did enjoy Elf. That's a very good one. Uh, What's the... um, Oh, Jingle All the Way. That's another really good one that I watched for the first time last year. Um, but as far as Christmas TV specials, I'm going to have to say that the one that I, I love the most is the Garfield Christmas special. It's like 30 minutes long, or maybe even shorter. It's not long at all, but it's it's my favorite one, because I grew up watching it, and I love Garfield, and yeah. Uh, and I will say that um, Yield said that uh, he did agree that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, which I thought that he, he wouldn't agree with, that he was saying that Die Hard wasn't a Christmas movie. No, 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 no. I agree that it's not a Christmas movie. Oh, okay, gotcha. Because my thing is, it's a movie set during Christmas, which is different from a Christmas movie. There you go. Thank you, Alex. It's okay, I just want to make movie. sure that we were on the same yeah. page there because I, I, I had paid you wrong. It's a, to me, it's an action movie that's like you said that it's set during Christmas. It's not a Christmas movie. We're just trying to say that so that way it makes it seem cool or cooler. Just like people saying right, uh, Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie. No, that is another action movie that just takes place during Christmas. All right, well, would would agree, agree to disagree on this one because yes, we we're never because <laughs> we're, we're never gonna see eye to eye so on wait, that. Yeah. This, right. this is one hill you're not willing to die on here because I feel like you would have more people. It's just, like, you wouldn't die alone on this hill because I think this is a very split argument. I think that 
you got a lot of people that would agree with you that it is a Christmas movie, and this is the one you're not willing to take up. I, I just, in, just in the interest of time, because we have to go through all the game awards. Uh, so we're going to move on to our topic of the week, which is the game awards. Uh, we can have this fight probably on another show before Christmas. All right, so I'm scrolling to the bottom because I always like to go from the bottom to the top. Uh, we're skipping all esports because none of us give a shit about esports. All right, so going through this as fast as I can. If you guys want to discuss any particular winner or you want to agree, disagree, or have anything that you're passionate about saying, please just stop me. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep moving. Uh, best multiplayer. Your nominees were Modern Warfare 2, Multiverses, Overwatch 2, Splatoon 3, and Shredder's Revenge. Your winner was Splatoon 3. Uh, best family game. Your nominees were Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga, Mario plus Rabbits Sparks of Hope, Nintendo Switch Sports, Splatoon 3. Your winner was Kirby. Best fighting game. Your nominees were DNF Duel, JoJo's Bar Bizarre Adventure, All-Star Battle R, The King of Fighters 15, Multiverses, and Sifu. Your winner was Multiverses. Best RPG, your nominees were Elden Ring, uh, Live Alive, Pokemon Legends. Say that word, Alex. Arceus. Thank you. Triangle Strategy and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Your winner was Elden Ring. I guess, I guess with these awards, I don't really I don't really have an argument against any of the games that won. But I'm just disappointed that Horizon didn't win a single award and neither did Shredder's Revenge. I just feel like, you know, Can, well, I just okay, wish that those games had won touch. something. Okay, those are final thoughts. Let's get to the winners here first. All right, whatever. Best action, best action adventure game. Your nominees were A Plague Tale Requiem, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Tunic. Your winner was God of War Ragnarok. Best action game. Your nominees were Bayonetta 3, Modern Warfare 2, Neon White, Sifu, and Shredder's Revenge. Your winner was Bayonetta 3. Innovation and Accessibility. Your nominees were As Dust Falls, The God of War at Ragnarok, Returnal, Return to Monkey Island, Last of Us Part 1, and The Quarry, and your winner was Ragnarok. Best VR game, uh, Moss 2 won, which that surprised me a little bit. I thought Among Us VR would have won that. Uh, I'm going to skip over Best Community, Best Mobile, Best Debut Indie Game. Your nominees were Neon White, Norco, Stray, Tunic, and Vampire Survivors. Your winner was Stray. Uh, Stray also was won for Best Indie Game. Best ongoing game, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy XIV Online, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. And in a shocker, Final Fantasy XIV won. Uh, best performance, your nominees were Ashley Birch for Horizon, Charlotte McBurney for A Plague Tale, Christopher Judge for God of War Ragnarok, Manning Gage for Immortality, and Sonny Soljic for Ragnarok. And your winner was Christopher Judge. I was really happy he won that. Best Audio Design, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Grand Turismo 7, Horizon Forbidden West, and your winner was Ragnarok. Best Score or Music, uh, Ragnarok won that. Best Art Direction, your nominees were Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Scorn and Stray, Elden Ring won that. Best Narrative was Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, Ragnarok, Forbidden West, and Immortality, Ragnarok won. Best Game Direction. 
Your nominees were Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality, and Stray. Your winner was Elden Ring. And your game of the year was Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And your winner was Elden Ring. Anything that surprises you, gentlemen? The Horizon didn't win anything. Yeah, I mean that—that's uh, one. Obviously, it was a bitter pill for me to swallow because it was, you know, the Golden Joysticks at one game uh, storytelling of the uh, best storytelling of the year, which I definitely think it deserved. And I—I I mean, I think I've said this before. I think there's a lot of things that it does better than God of War Ragnarok. Um, you know, I'm disappointed to see that Shredder's Revenge didn't win anything, despite how beloved that game was and and, and how fun it was as well. I feel like it was well set up to, to take home something. So those are my two biggest disappointments. Like, I don't, you know, look at any of the winners and be like, man, that game deserved to win. I just wish that these, that you know, these particularly two games that I thought were two of my favorite games of the year would have gotten some recognition. Yeah, they're being, they're recognized because they're nominees, but they would I wish they would have taken something home because those teams kind of really deserved it. I was glad to see Stray took home some awards, at least two. I think that game deserved it and that team deserves it well and you know kudos to Annapurna Interactive the publisher you know for for getting behind a project like that uh, you know as far as God of War goes like like I said I enjoyed most of that game some of it was a little bit dis- did a bit of a disappointment but coming off you know it definitely finished strong because the after the main story quest and stuff you get to do um, as the world opens up even more like I think that the after game stuff is a lot of fun and it's in it furthers the stories of some characters and you know it may just be like a little thing but you'll see characters in the world after the main story of Ragnarok has happened and it's like oh man that's that's how they ended up or that's where they're heading that's really cool so it's all little all these little things that they put in the game after the story that you can find that are nice little things to pick up on after Ragnarok so they definitely finished strong so I think that God of War won the most awards on the night so even they if, did even if it didn't win game of the year it still has bragging rights over Elden Ring where you know they can say, you know, hey, you guys won Game of the Year, but we won literally all these other things. So that should make Sony Santa Monica feel good, and they definitely got a, recogn- a lot of recognition. And I saw the PlayStation account on Facebook congratulated Elden Ring, like, right away for their win, which, you know, benefits Sony as well, because Sony obviously has a stake in From Software, so that's just going to help Sony bring in more money for Sony. So, but a little disappointed that some games didn't get recognized as much as I think they should, but overall, it seemed like, you know, every game that won deserved to win. So there was a, a lot of competition in a lot of different categories, not just Game of the Year. All right, not not to sound salty or anything, because I'm really not salty, because I knew Elden Ring was a, a strong competition. But as you pointed out, Ragnarok brought home the most awards. Don't you think that's a little unbalanced that the game that won the most awards ultimately did not win Game of the Year? Doesn't that seem a little off to you? Uh, Yield, I'll ask you first. Uh, No, I'm just finally actually glad that a game that had so much hype behind it that came out earlier in the year still won Game of the Year because a lot of times everybody goes for the new hotness and not the one that like it seemed unanimously everybody was hot for. So... Normally, right, yeah, you normally yes, you're right. If you sweep all these other categories, then you are declared the game of the year. Well, I mean, my argument is, is that if you've won X amount of awards, you know, for this or for that, I mean, ultimately, to me, that's saying 
if you win best narrative or you win best audio design, you best you you know best performance or whatever it is. If you win all those awards, that to me is saying that was the best overall package. Oh, I I, I won't disagree with your argument because it is hard to to go against that, especially if they went up against Elden Ring and all those other categories. Right. All right, Alex, your view? I get where you're coming from because I definitely had that same thought. But I don't know. Maybe it was just the entire... I mean, one of the arguments that I have heard have heard for Elden Ring is that you talk to people and there are people that are on like their 10th plus playthrough of Elden Ring because they love that game so much. And people, instead of playing new games, are opting to go back and play Elden Ring just because... Of, of how much they enjoy that game. It's not the same for Ragnarok, as I think that you go through Ragnarok once, you finish up everything after the quest, after the main quest, and you're done. You're not going to go back and play God of War Ragnarok again. So I think that the amount of time that people spent playing Elden Ring is something to be said, whereas God of War, you're going to go through once, and then you'll move on to something else. And that's not a knock on God of War, that's just the way that most games go, and it's a little def- different for Elden Ring this year. And plus, there are two different games, two different categories, RPG action adventure like I don't know maybe they they kind of rationalize it that way where it's like two different games from two different categories so even if God of War wins you know best performance that's not necessarily like what made Elden Ring a great game or not necessarily a component of a game like Elden Ring so who knows maybe they just went purely on gameplay the best game and it was purely gameplay and it was Elden Ring because I've heard people say that story in Elden Ring isn't nearly as strong as God of War but Maybe just the gameplay was better overall. I don't know. I, but I do where you understand where you're coming from. I can be like, well, I kind of see that, but you know, it's 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 not the it's not how the votes were cast. They didn't fall that way. All right. So the main part of why I watch the Game Awards um, is for the new announcements, and we're going to cover those real quick. This is coming from IGN and written by Adam Bankhurst. Uh, says, everything announced at the Game Awards. I'm just going to go down the list. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 got a new trailer and revealed a June 2023 release date. It's coming on June 22nd. Uh, in the trailer, we got the uh, look at the summon battle system and the latest iteration of Ifrit, which I know people pronounce differently, but that's how I pronounce it. Uh, the next thing we have is from software revealed Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon. Uh, we don't know anything much about this game other than this trailer, but it seems like uh, from software is moving away from the Souls game, at least for a little bit. Uh, that or maybe they've, maybe they've got enough you know funding behind them where they could hire up and have two teams. Well, yes, but I mean everything. I, I I could be wrong, but haven't we everything we've gotten from From Software has been a Souls game of some sort? I think they've done more than that, but I think that maybe that's just more recently what they've been focused on. All right, the next thing we have is Hades Two was announced with a gameplay trailer. Uh, it was super giant games made it, and uh, you're going to be able to get early access in 2023. Uh, Ken Levine revealed his next game, Judas. Um, Ken Levine, the creator of Bioshock, has finally revealed its bus-anticipated game, Judas. Details are scarce, but it looks that to be a narrative-driven, single-player, first-person shooter that definitely gives off some Bioshock in space vibes. Uh, quote, a dis-, dis... Why can't I say this word? Okay. A, de- a, a decaying ship. That's not the word. Disintegrating. Uh, dis- <laughs> Thank you. 
Uh, a desperate, <laughs> desperate. I can't speak sometimes. A desperate escape plan. The official press release shares, you are the mysterious and troubled Judas. Your only hope for survival is to make it back or break alliances with your worst enemies. Okay, that didn't make sense to me. Will you work together to fix what you broke, or will you leave it all to burn? Look, I'm, I'm a Bioshock I, fan. I've played all three Bioshocks. All you need to know is this game looks a lot like a Bioshock game, so that'll probably get more than enough people interested in it. Uh, Death Stranding 2 has officially been announced. Today, Kojima stopped by the Game Awards to reveal that Death Stranding is officially on its way. We got an extended look at the sequel, and we got a glimpse of Fragile and, and an older Sam Bridges and more. Uh, we also got a report that Kojima rewrote Death Stranding after COVID-19 pandemic, uh, saying that he didn't want to predict the future anymore. Uh, Idris Alba... Uh, joined Cyberpunk 2077, the Phantom Liberty new gameplay trailer was revealed. Uh, we got a Jedi uh, Survivor trailer, which confirms a March release. The Game Awards gave us a brand new gameplay trailer that shows off more of Cal's next adventure. This new story picks up five years after the original, and Kedis has become a stronger, more powerful Jedi Knight. Unfortunately, the Empire has gotten stronger as well. I'm going to pause here because I know all three of us are want to say something about Star Wars Survivor. Uh, Yield, we'll start with you, sir. I'm just kind of disappointed that they're, they... Why, I know the story will be good because the first one was good. They're unoriginal with their character in the sense of his uh, lightsaber looks and his force abilities. You know, okay. I, I, I made the comic in our text group that in the first game, he had a dual lightsaber like Maul. And then he was able, the only difference was he was able to switch it from a dual to two singles. But still, you've got Maul's combat style to Ahsoka's combat style. And then in this one, at the end of the trailer, he does the, I, I say the broadsword, I don't know the exact name of it but he does the broadsword lightsaber like Kylo Ren. And it's like, come on, really? Can't somebody who's got a unique lightsaber keep it? And then as for his force abilities, he freezes laser bolts in the air like Kylo Ren did. And it just, to me then, you, when you do this and, you, and where it happens in the timeline then you cheapen it, to me, you cheapen it when it actually originally debuted in the timeline. So I just, I feel they're, maybe they're trying to pay homage to it, but I just feel that it, it, it just cheapens everybody else's originality. All right, Alex, your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I, the couple things I want to see more out of this game, like, I do want to see uh, fast travel points. Like, the meditation points should be fast travel points. And I think Homer had mentioned some of that previously on uh, on the Trophy Rush Facebook page. Uh, I definitely agree with it, having played through that game. and had the same thought myself, though, but I think that Homer is the first one to put it out there into the uh, into the atmosphere. Also, I want to see... I want to see me feel like a Star Wars, Star Wars game. There were elements of that game or planets on that game that didn't feel like a Star Wars game, and I want them to get away from the Tomb Raiding. Don't do that anymore. Make us you're making a Star Wars game, make it feel like a Star Wars game. But I have to, you know, 
I understand Yield's point of view because it feels like, I mean, Cal Kestis, and they did a great job with character development, and and they did a good job with Cal Kestis, but Absolutely. When, when you, instead of making him his own individual character, when you make him come across as just like, oh, a student of this person or a student of that, or they're just taking all these pieces of all these popular Jedis or Sith and putting him on Cal Kestis is kind of like an overlay. It makes him feel like not as much of an original character, and they did such a good job with their character development in the first game that I think that the characters do deserve better. So I do agree with Yield on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jedi Fallen Order was a really good game. Hopefully Survivor is as good, or if not a better of a game. I just hope that they take like lessons they learned from the first game, and it's Respawn, so they're, they're pros making games. But I, I hope that they take what they learned and criticisms from the first game and implement it into this new one. Because, you, I mean, it, it only should get better. Like, this should be a better game coming up. You know, movie sequels aren't always as good as their predecessor, but video game sequels should always be better. Uh, and the only thing I'm going to say is I'm hyped for this. The only thing I want to give feedback is I hope they improve that freaking map. That map sucked. It, well, like Alex, right. like Alex and Homer said, if they implement a fast travel system, the map wouldn't be so bad. I enjoyed the fact that the maps were big, and I did kind of enjoy the fact that of they had areas of the map locked off until you got stronger or unlocked force abilities or whatever. But, and, and I really dig how they kept it in a, the hologram, like, you know, like all the hollow video, the hollow communications in Star Wars. I, I, I like that. It felt genuine. But trying to navigate the map and not being able to rotate it or anything made that map system so horrible. It did. All right, moving on. The next thing announced was Diablo 4 is arriving in June of 23. Uh, a public beta will take place sometime before then. Uh, next thing we have is Street Fighter 6 will fight its way on June 2nd of 23. Uh, this also came alongside a new trailer that featured DJ, Manon, Marissa, JP, and more. Uh, which I, and, you know, I'm going to skip that one. We're going to do that one last because I think that's the biggest news that was announced. Uh, we got a Super Mario Brothers movie clip revealing uh, uh, Mario's introduction to pipe travel. Uh, Tekken 8 got a uh, trailer, and we got a confirm of a new character, uh, Jin's mother, Jun Kazama, um, after she apparently seemingly died in Tekken 2. Uh, we've already talked about the Horizon Forbidden West DLC. Crash Team Rumble is a new 4v4 multiplayer game coming in 2023. Uh, it, it will task players with leading their squad to victory as they slide, mash, bump, and bash their team to be the fur, furthest to the bank the most wampum fruit in their drop-off zone while simultaneously defending the opponent's team's drop zone. Uh, I, do either I, one of you guys want to talk about that? I watched the trailer for that game, and I still don't understand what the gameplay is all about. So, I... Uh, and, of course, I, I, I'm kind of not... I don't want to give any of my money to Activision right now because, obviously, the culture they have with their company, so I don't want to support them in any way. And, honestly, I, you know, I heard about this game. It's like, okay, like, I love Crash, and let's see what this is about. I just... I don't know. I don't know anything like based on what the game trailer was like it was just a whole lot of like sizzle there wasn't a lot of this is what this game is and this is how it's going to play and so I think I'm 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 safe for now 
in uh, not pledging any money to Activision because this game just looked like uh, a whole lot of mess. I don't know. I, I, I don't understand the gameplay, so until I, I learn more about it, I can't really you know, get excited for it. Gil, do you have anything to say about this? No, I didn't even watch the gameplay trailer because I was just kind of like, nah, I don't care. Okay. Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine 2 uh, gameplay was revealed. Uh, the game is going to be released on the PS5, the Xbox Series, and the PC in 23. Uh, Celeste Creators' next game, Earthblade, gets a first look trailer. The game is going to be released in 2024. Uh, Bayonetta Origins is coming out. It's going to be a, a spin-off set in the franchise universe. will arrive on March 17th of 23. Hellboy is getting a stylish video game adaptation. Uh, it will be available on the PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, uh, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. The game is said to be a roguelike action adventure with an original story. Uh, Crime Boss Rock K City announced with cast including Chuck Norris, Danny Trejo, and Vanilla Ice. This is coming from 505 Games. Uh, it's The game looks to be a stealth, stealth action first-person shooter that task players would become leaders of a criminal underworld in the fictional version of 90s Florida. Lords of the Fallen first gameplay was revealed at, for a Souls-like reboot. Uh, the Last of Us Part 1 uh, is coming to the PC in March. Uh, we got a Returnal also announced for the PC. Uh, Genshin Impact apparently won the Player's Voice and Game Award. Uh, we got a Baldur's Gate 3 uh, release date. It's going to be August 23. Uh, the Forspoken demo is now available on the PlayStation Network. We re I already talked about that. Transformers Reactivate is an online damage game, uh, online action game developed by Splash Damage. Uh, Banishers Ghost of New Eden was announced. Uh, you got some single player magic first person shooter Immortals of Avrium revealed. Uh, Gearbox announced Remnant 2 for 2023. Blue Protocol will be released in North America courtesy of Amazon Games. Uh, we got a surreal platformer After Us announced at the Game Awards. Uh, this is coming from Private Division. Uh, has announced a new game from Piccolo Studio called After Us. It's a game is set on a post-human Earth where players become Gaia, the spirit of life. Throughout the game, players will need to salvage the souls of extinct animals and revive them after learning of their fate. Uh, we got a trailer for Replaced, which is a retro-futuristic platformer. Has received a brand new trailer at the Game Awards and revealed more of the game set in a dark alternative 1980s America that will take players to a trailer park a rundown city, a lab, and more. Vampire Survivors, which was one of the nominees for uh, Indie Game, is now available on mobile. Dead Cell is getting some Return to Castlevania DLC. It's arriving next year. The DLC will add new enemies, 14 weapons, two new biomes, a new storyline, three bosses, and 20 outfits, and 50 original or reimagined Castlevania musical tracks. Valiant Hearts is coming home to the mobile device soon colossal cave got a trailer for that wild hearts we got a trailer for that uh we're getting more raids in modern warfare 2 fire emblem engage got a dlc trailer dune awakening got an in-engine trailer uh destiny 2 lightfall we got a trailer for that among us has a new mode called hide and seek 
Uh, we got a trailer for Horizon Call of the Mountain. All right, so now I have to scroll back up to what I skipped. Uh, kind of a pretty more. lackluster announcements of new games. All right, so uh, the the story I left for last, uh, alongside reveal and Suicide uh, Squad, Kill the Justice League will be released on May 26, 2023. The Game Awards took a moment to pay tribute to the late Kevin Conroy, who has been confirmed to be the voice of Batman one last time in the upcame, upcoming Rocksteady title. So apparently Kevin Conroy did all of his voice uh, voiceovers for the game before he passed away, which I thought was very cool to find out that we're going to get Kevin Conroy as Batman one more time. Yeah, I told my wife, I said, that this was a game that I was kind of like still kind of waiting on to see from, to see if I really wanted to get it or not. And then now they dropped that it's Kevin Conroy's last game, and I'm like, now I feel like i got to buy it, even if I don't really care for it. Alex, you covered Kevin Conroy passing the last, on the last show. Uh, actually, on uh, 549, sorry, not last show. Uh, I mean, obviously, me and Yield weren't there for that. Uh, you know, obviously, losing Kevin Conroy is a big blow to everybody that's been in the comic book world and the the animated world and you know whatnot uh it's 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 really cool to find out that he's got one more uh turn as batman coming up yeah i mean he's somebody you can't replace because he is batman and batman will always feel different when kevin conroy is not the person behind the mask so to speak um i think that as far as game announcement i think maybe hades 2 was the biggest game announcement because that came out of the left field or at least for me like I know people I love will, that game. Oh, I will agree with that. I think people love that the first game, and I think that a second game with Supergiant, I don't know, I don't think they've done too many sequels to their games that they've made, but the fact that, you know, they're like Hades 2, like I know that there are a lot of people that, that are very excited about it. So um, Ashley's oldest, he was going nuts in his room. We couldn't figure out what was going on, He, but he was, you know, hooting and hollering, and he was... He was so happy that they announced a sequel, so I, I think that even people who are in that world or tapped into it didn't see that coming. So, um, Biggest game-wise, but I think the biggest announcement, at least culturally, is the fact that Kevin Conroy will voice Batman or is going to be in at least one other project as Batman, um, and that being uh, Justice Le- or, uh, um, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. So, honestly, it doesn't make me want to play the game anymore. No but I am happy that that people will get Kevin Conroy's Batman at least one more time. So pop, pop culture wise, yeah, I think that was the biggest announcement. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get a chance to say it on the show, and Yield, I'll give you a chance to speak if you want to. But Kevin Conroy has always been Batman to me. Like uh, when people ask you who's your Batman and whatnot, and you know, there's always a debate whether it's Christian Bale or it's Ben Affleck or it's. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton was my best, uh, my favorite live-action Batman, but Kevin Conroy, above all else, has always been my Batman. Well, I, uh, I, I would say he, because he could do both Bruce Wayne and Batman. But anyway, sorry, f- finish your thought. Well, I mean, I was finishing up. I was just, I was just saying, like Kevin Conroy is when I when I think of Batman, he's the the voice and the image I picture. Um. And it's really uh, like it's really touching to know that we're gonna get him one more time. So I'll give it the floor to you. So I, I agree with Tricky. Uh, to me, hands down, Kevin Conroy is Batman. But I always start every every time I get into one of these debates, or I happen to walk into one of these debates, 
where somebody goes, who's your favorite Batman? The first question I always throw back at them, go, well, what are you asking? Are you asking for film Batman? Or are you asking for animated Batman? Or are you asking for Batman in general? Because yes, there is a difference. Uh, but no, uh, to what Tricky said, to me, Kevin Conroy is Batman because he could do Bruce Wayne and he could do Batman. So, which is, I mean, I'm going to say easier, but that's not necessarily the truth. But it's easier to do it in voice than it is in person. But I did see where he did get to play, I think it was The Flash, where he actually played in a future Bruce Wayne. So, yeah, in the I, Flash I, TV show, yes, yeah, which I did not know that, so that was cool to to see that and and know that. But anyway, yeah, Kevin Conroy is my Batman. I also heard he did a cameo in the upcoming Flash movie, but I don't know if that's true or not. I guess we'll find out. Well, if the movie ever comes out, because everything going on with uh the actor, they might scrap that movie. Uh all right, so. Final thoughts. I, I know you guys didn't watch the Game Awards, and you'll, even when I mentioned I was going to be watching, you're like, why? Well, um, I mean, yeah, why? I don't watch it for the awards. I watch it for the, the trailers and the reveals. Yeah, but that, that's the thing is I that just, I, I kept track of who was winning on my phone as we were like watching, I think, an episode of Wednesday on Netflix. And then for the reveals, like I could just go back like I did on IGN and look at the trailers and, and stuff that I wanted to, so... I understand why the game and order game awards are necessary, but at the same time, it's not something I actually want to sit or feel like is necessary for me to sit in live action or like live time and there's, watch it in real time. I should to, say to me, there's not enough. There's not. I mean, there were a lot of reveals, but there's not enough of the oh my god reveals that that are happening, like. It's not like it's not like an E three. No, it's not like an E three. Although it it's trying to be um, the Star Wars the Star Wars trailer would have been very interesting to me, but that got dropped or hinted at two days before the Game Awards. So I'm like, oh, okay, well I know that's coming out, you know. So it, yeah, that's why I was like, well, well and I'm and like Alex. There's since there's not enough of the e the e three I use this in quotations e three feel for the you know I want to be there to see the oh my god moment and there's not a lot of those I can just wait and wait for IGN or someone else to post hey here's what all is revealed and I can scroll through and go nope 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 oh okay interesting watch okay nope 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 so. The only counter argument, because I, I I agree with you both, like you could watch those on the on you know at after the show. The only thing that I will say is a counter argument to that philosophy is there may be a game yield that like you're scrolling through iGen for all the trailers and whatnot, and the game or the you know, the description doesn't uh, capture you, but when you watch it live and you watch it and there's no fast forward option or skip button. You may watch a trailer and go, you know what? This actually does look pretty good. I will not disagree with that. So, it, the way you guys do it, you have the potential to to miss out on an announcement. But I totally understand where you guys go. It's like, why am I going to sit through three hours of this when I can just go watch a two-minute trailer on IGN for the game that looks good to me? 
so two things happened at the Game Awards. Uh, I know you guys didn't watch it. One, Al Pacino made an appearance um, to uh, give away the award for best uh, performance. And at the end, uh, after Elden Ring uh, won Game of the Year, uh, somebody on stage walked up with the rest of the developers and whatnot, stood in the background, and after everybody gave their acceptance speeches, walked to the microphone and dedicated the game to his uh, reformed pastor, Bill Clinton. Um, he was also promptly arrested. Yeah, so, it was as a kid, wasn't it? I don't know. I, I, they said, from what I heard, it was a 17-year-old YouTuber. Um, why he got arrested or what he would be charged for, I don't particularly know. I mean, I'm sure he broke some law, but I don't know what law he broke. Well, I don't know what law I mean, he, he broke. I mean, he walked up there with everybody else, unless they're doing, unless they're checking IDs as you walk up there. He was just walking up well, there. The, the thing that intrigues me about it is, and I don't encourage this to anybody, uh, the thing that intrigues me about it is that he walked on stage with everybody else and nobody on the stage recognized, hey, this dude shouldn't be here. Yeah, what are you doing here? So, those are the two funny things. All right, so let's wrap up the show with some shout-outs. Yield, we'll start off with you, sir. Uh, as always, uh, give a shout-out to the Pimps in the Mountains of the Hordom for hanging out with us, listening to us interacting with us on either games or in the Facebook group. Uh, shout out to Tricky and Alex for recording tonight. Uh, shout out to my wife that made me a peanut, awesome peanut butter pie. <coughs> uh, yeah. That's it. That'll do me. Alright, Alex. Want to give a shout out to the fuel to the fire, the destructive horrors, the fans, the community. Thank you all for joining us this week. I know we couldn't have our Twitch uh, stream up, uh, tricky being at work and not, but we uh, appreciate everybody, no matter how they listen to the show, no matter how they spread the word of the show. Uh, every single person is appreciated just as much as the other person. So, thank you all for uh, just being there and and interacting with us and just and really being kind of the driving force and the growth behind our show. It, it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't have gotten here past probably 50 episodes without everybody but uh, thank you all for whether you joined 10 years ago or you joined today this is your first episode we appreciate you all just as much give a shout out to yield and to tricky and especially well I've got I guess I'll do go a little bit more into both of them because uh, I said happy birthday to yield yields birthday was on Friday he's a December baby because December birthdays are the best yeah take that tricky I said because i'm really terrible about the birthdays on facebook but i said happy birthday to yield with one minute to go on his birthday eleven fifty nine. i was sweating i was like shit gotta type 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 because i was at work and uh doing my overnight shift and i saw that i was like oh gotta get this in there and luckily i got in under the under the 12 minute mark but uh happy birthday to yield on on friday and then give a shout out to tricky because this week is also my birthday week i'm turning 38 on wednesday so by the time the show comes out i will be celebrating my birthday but tricky opted i told tricky that uh if we weren't going to record this week i didn't want to have to edit this week because it's my birthday week so tricky very graciously accepted the editing duty so thank you tricky for editing for me this week uh and then last no but not least i want to give a shout out to my awesome loving girlfriend ashley who has tempted me with presents because yeah, she said she's already got my birthday gifts and she's actually offered me the chance to open up one of them now i guess she's too super proud of it she wants to see my 
uh, my exclamation, how I react to it. So she's been trying to get me to open up one of my birthday gifts early. But uh, Hold out. But I'm like, you know what? No, we're doing this classic style. I'm doing it on my birthday. There you go. That's when I'm opening it. So I'm sure she got me. She's always really thoughtful and really good at giving gifts. So um, like one year, like I, I'm big into Pokemon Go. So like there's these little specific gift boxes they have in Pokemon Go. Like you can like you spin a stop and you can get a gift to send to a friend and they can open those up and get little items like Pokeballs and stuff, you know, every day. Uh, she actually built a replica of the Pokemon Go gift boxes for me to um, open up one year on my birthday. So she's always thoughtful with that kind of stuff. So I'm excited to see what she got me for this birthday. The uh, not necessarily a landmark, but uh, my 38th birthday. So uh, that's going to be all for me. Ah. I know what you got you. I know what you got you. She didn't go through you again, did she? No, she didn't go through me, but she told me what she got you. So she can't get me to open them up early, so she's just telling everybody? Well, I don't know. Well, if that makes you feel any better, I don't know. She, I, I, I'll tell you, let me see if I can find the, the message real quick. She sent me a picture of it, too. Don't know, because she was uh, texting me earlier, and what her youngest son is sitting there asking, like, the, the his older brother, it's like, hey, do you want this for Christmas? Knowing full well that that's what he got. So it's kind of like, I'm, I'm sure that uh, Ashley's already annoyed with him, so I'm sure that if you gave me any hints or anything like that before I opened it and ruined the surprise, she would probably fly to New York and, you know, Tanya Harding you. <laughs> she, to- she told me on November 28th what she got you. Send me a picture. Well, then, if it, if it must be something PlayStation-related if it's... um. You know, if she told you. No, uh, I because we also got the comment about how you never buy me a Christmas gift, and you said because she flirts better. Because what? Because she flirts better with you. Wait, wait, uh, hold on! I never buy who a Christmas gift. Me. Why? Why am I going to buy you a Christmas gift, Tricky Mick? Because I buy you a Christmas gift every year. What did you buy me? Uh, what do you buy me? There have been a couple of years. Okay, with the exception of a couple of years, I I buy you and Yield the same Christmas gift every year. Is it PlayStation that's Plus, not, PlayStation uh, PSN cards? That's not entirely. Yes. That's not entirely true either. What? Because one year you got me Wildlands, and I didn't get you a gift gift uh, as well. Well, I don't know what you got, Alex, but you got Alex a game. So, so, yeah, so, so, I got so, you both games for your birthdays, and then I gave you uh, PSN cards for Christmas. Yeah. And this year, you're both getting uh, PlayStation Premium for a year. Oh, we are? Yes, you are. Oh, well. So you, I, Cats you, so you can <laughs> Well, this, this way, you can play Cypher Filter, and Alex can play Spider-Man. Let me ask you a question. How are they doing with the PS1 games on the service? Uh, Tell you what, man. Some of those controllers are, are like for Siphon Filter. Whew. How I ever made it yeah, through that it, game. It's, I, 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 how did I make it through that game? It, it's rough. It uh, is rough. I, I, I don't know uh, the PS1 games because I really haven't been looking lately. Uh, but I know they are adding uh, new ones every day. And I know they're getting ready to add PSP games as well. Uh, well, I mean, I'm excited to try out premium tricky budget why'd you have to ruin the surprise yeah well i kind of well i kind of hinted at last week on the last show <laughs> when i said uh, maybe you guys will get it for christmas well obviously yield uh, and i didn't pick up on that because yields like you did <laughs> yeah 
You you guys don't remember me saying maybe you'll get it for Christmas? Oh, I'm sure you did, but a lot of people tell me that anymore. I just throw that to me as a throwaway comment. <laughs> uh, I want to give a shout out to all the listeners. Shout out to Alex and Yield for being oblivious to my hit on the last show. Uh, shout out to everybody. Shout out to Rick for uh, tabulating who won the predictions. Um, I honestly thought I was going to lose, but I, I wound up winning. Um, so that's cool. Keeps my uh, prediction uh, competition streak alive. Uh, hopefully, if E3 comes back this year, we can do another competition and Yield can try to reclaim his trophy, his prize. I've, I've never lost it. You, you've lost the last three years to me. I, I don't remember. You know, you are getting old, Yield. I am getting old. Uh, shout out to all the listeners. Thank you very much. Shout out to Sweet Mama D. Uh, please, please go check the uh, Patreon. Uh, for a dollar, you can get all of our Patreon shows. Uh, as I said, we had the Cable Awards prediction show. We also have an upcoming spoiler cast on God of War. Uh, we're trying to get more shows like that going. Check out the merch store. Anything bought uh, from now to the end of the year will be do- any proceeds will be donated to Extra Life. Uh, and if there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. Peace out. Later. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.